Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. We've got the PMB here to answer some real real answers to tough questions about sex this week. Yes. And I'm really excited because that means we get to have Tammy Brown here with yes. us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not as I'm excited. Not the only girl today. Yeah, she's thrilled to be here. <laughs> Super excited. Yeah. And I just have to say, if you guys have not checked it out yet, she has started the Cultivate podcast with our fellow Cultivate leader, Melody Workman. And I don't think the debrief counts because it's part of my job, but it's my new favorite podcast. What? They're hilarious. You're fired. Whoa. Whoa. The debrief will always be first in my heart. Stephanie, you're not fired, actually, because I won't let that happen. That's true. Uh, Okay. And she has so much control and power that she's here today because I said so. You know what? If Matt makes that work choice, then I'll make other home choices. Speaking of today's talk. Hey, that fits right in <laughs> yeah. to uh, you guys this weekend celebrated 23 years. years. Yeah. 23, years. 23 years. That's mm-hmm. a huge milestone. That's awesome. I have a challenge for you. You ready? Yes. Um, to sum up the, the how did you make it 23 years? <laughs> One word. How would you say you some you, you survived, you made it, you thrived yeah, in your God, 23 One years. word. There's God. no Absolutely. other way. Mm-hmm. God. So um, we we had a we had a really challenging first couple years, mm. and um, um, it was really difficult. Um, I you know I, I would summarize our dating life as, as Tammy pressuring us to a place that I wasn't ready for. Then we got married, and then I think Tammy began to process the reality that we weren't ready, but she processed post <laughs> post marriage. Mm. And so we we really we really just the things we should have been dealing with in dating we didn't. Uh, and then we were forced to deal with those things. And, and, and a lot of those things were me, um, but those things were present. And, and mm-hmm. listen to me, single ladies, you're just blind to the things you don't want to see. Uh, and that was mm-hmm. a big part of my confusion. I'm like, I've always been this way. Well, but, I miss, mm-hmm. I miss um, how would you say it? I like misprioritized things mm-hmm. in dating that mm-hmm. when I got married, I was like, well, here's the priority that, and it should have been the priority in dating. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you felt like you guys got married two years too late, too late yeah. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you guys both, do you feel that way as mm-hmm. well? What do you I think do. was, what, what made it too late? Because, yeah. because, well, so we, we dated for what, a year and a half? No, two it's almost two years. years. And so then we broke up for the summer. This is right. This is right when the point when I really began to deal seriously with God's call in my life and mm-hmm. where I felt like God was going to go. So we broke up. Um, I didn't communicate that well. I, Tammy didn't handle it well. So I, I communicated it terribly, Tam mm. handled it terribly. And we were apart for the whole Two summer. Two and a half months. Two, and so a lot of couples can't imagine this, but there's no Facebook, there's no cell phones. Like mm. we were- There's like your landline, maybe. Yeah, we, yeah. we were <laughs> like- parents are using it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no no connection whatsoever. And I'll never forget, it was Sunday morning at the church that um, I was working at it. And I had taken Tammy's picture- and I had put it in my drawer, face down at the bottom of all my stuff. <laughs> and we I was, laugh about that now. And I was going through it and I put it I put it out on my desk and I realized I really love this girl. Mm-hmm. Like I really love her and, and want a relationship with her. And what we should have done is come back and figured out a way to immediately get married. Mm-hmm. Um, because we didn't do things God's way. We, we had been intimate and we, and that was part of the reason why I broke up. I was like, look, we mm-hmm. can't. We cannot keep saying we love Jesus and stumbling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd have seasons where we did well. We had seasons where we failed. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, what we really should have done is thrown ourselves wholeheartedly into emotional healing and spiritual mm-hmm. union. Like, okay, how do we connect? And, and you know, I just wasn't mature enough for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, had, we had an interesting dynamic in our dating relationship. I had two catastrophic knee injuries. 
And, you know, back then there was no psychology of sports injuries or what it does to a, I mean, I literally mm-hmm. went from being, this sounds arrogant, but I went from being the most athletic person I knew to my mom is giving me a bath because mm-hmm. I wow. can't sponge bath, sponge bath wow. because I cannot. <laughs> Thank you for that detail. Yeah. I, sorry, mom. Love you. Uh, I, I can't, I cannot bathe myself. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Tammy is getting right this this boy who loves athleticism, who's no longer athletic and is just in this deep depression. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, we, she, got, she got the worst of me. And it took me, I would say, it, it took me 10 years to heal emotionally from my injuries. And, and, and so what happens, right, is you get selfish, you get self-absorbed. I'm not available for Tammy. She doesn't understand. Um, you know, she's creating excuses. And so then we get married, we have a kid. And she's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And so mm. um, I just think when you know it's, when you know this is the person, you, you, you know, and I knew yeah. mm-hmm. you're ready to have sex and sex before marriage divides you. Yeah. Sex after marriage unites you. And so what, what happened when we failed sexually uh, periodically during that time is we were dividing us mm-hmm. and we weren't united and we weren't doing what God called us to do. And, um, you know, it, it pins you against each other because you're, you, you know, God wants to unite you and draw you together. And so now sex is dividing you and pushing you apart. It's pushing mm. you apart from God. It's pushing you apart from your own calling. It's pushing you apart from each other. And how sad is that for our single people? The very thing that you you think and you believe is creating intimacy is actually killing it. Yeah. And that's what we were doing. Well, and, that, and that's what was so miserable those first years of marriage for us was, you know, I was like Christian school kid. You know, when sex was like the worst thing you could do on the planet, which I disagree with, I think mean spiritedness is one of the worst things you can do. But um, so then we get married, you know, I felt this. And when he said it pressuring, because I was like, we've been somewhere physically. Now we need to be there relationally when he wasn't, you know, the pressuring Mm -hmm. went differently on each side. I pressured Mm -hmm. for relational things. He pressured in the beginning, you know, farther Mm -hmm. than I was ready. But then we get married and I'm like, we're, we're just married because we had had sex and mm. because it messes with Christian mm. kids, you know? Oh, yeah. And so it took me a long time. Every time something went, every time we argued, that's where I went in my mind. Well, mm. would you have even married me? Would I have even married you? Like it mm. really was an entrapment for us later. And, and I, I've seen mm. that happen to so many people mm-hmm. now, you know, throughout the years of the same kind of thing, which... You know, it's just that whole idea that casual sex doesn't matter. It, and it does, mm-hmm. like it, it messes with you yeah. and it messes with you later, even though you think it won't, it will. Yeah. We were talking, mm-hmm. you asked about small group. We right. were discussing small group and for everybody that's not in a small group, stop robbing yourself and get mm-hmm. in one. And mm-hmm. so we were in a small group last night. We were talking about, you know, the question of what does the world say about sex? And, and uh, one of our group members said so profoundly, the world says it's free and without consequence. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the reality is neither of those things are true. Like we don't see. Um, I mean, MTV has tried it. You you like to watch that show that drives me crazy. Uh, the teenagers teen, that are teen, teen mom. mom. I can't stand it. <laughs> Just outed you, right? But least, I love teen mom. <laughs> but, but at least you're you're looking at okay. Here's what life really looks like when you're well, sixteen. That, that, that is what I love about it. Is it's, not it's showing no. how hard it is later when they're like not just two young teenagers thinking yeah. how fun it will be. It's like, you sure. never show up for work. You can't keep a job. We can't pay our bill. Like everything's hard and it never works out. 
Mm-hmm. Like when my girls were teenagers, I'm like, get in here and watch Teen Mom with me. This is what you. Like. <laughs> it's true that it does give yeah. it an accurate mm-hmm. depiction, yeah. not the glamorized. It does. Oh, it's so romantic. So for me, yeah. it's like watching these case studies and like mm-hmm. some of the moms doing really well, some still reeling because it's like eight years in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 Well, if you guys are ready to dive into the questions, yes. I think our first yeah. one's actually from a. Teenager, do you want to take it? Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's very good. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so excited to have you guys here to give your thoughts and perspectives <laughs> so on this because uh, there's some great questions you guys sent in. So here's the first one. Um, it says, it's from Anonymous, which I would say a good portion of our questions <laughs> yeah, today. From anonymous, anonymous, not which, all my answers are also anonymous. Yes. yes. For that's okay. I have this friend. Yeah. yeah. Would say. Answering if you for could a friend. Tell a friend. Yeah, which is, which is great. We're glad we got these questions. It says, I'm a senior in high school and a question that me and my friends often are unsure about is how far is too far in a high school dating relationship. We know and are aware that sex does not honor God, but there are so many gray areas of which what is okay in a relationship and um, when we're striving to honor God. Yeah. So, okay. Where would you go so, with that? Well, do you start? I, I'm almost 50. And so if I could go back and talk to myself and um, I would do as little as possible. I think mm-hmm. the question we were asking is, is how close to the line before I sin? Yeah. And the question we need to ask is how do I stay close to God in my dating? So mm-hmm. the actual question to say is you're, you're heading the wrong way. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, why do we make out? Making out gets us turned on. Uh, groping gets us turned on. Yeah. I even had this question in the lobby this week. A guy asked me, he said, is oral sex sex? I said, yes. Mm-hmm. Like if it has sex yeah. in the name, mm-hmm. yeah. like that, yeah. should be helpful, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, but that is a great, I mean, that's a real question. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and you know, students are asking that all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. not just students even. Yeah. You know, so anal folks. sex is sex. Yeah. Oral sex is sex. You know, vaginal sex is sex. Like right. it's, if that that's what it is. And so what you want to do is stay far apart from that because, um, you know, really what you're trying to do when you're a young person is you're trying to prepare your life n- not to screw it up. And sex mm-hmm. is the quickest way mm-hmm. to screw up your life. Yeah. And and that's what you need to know is, and and again, what turns you on and excites you in high school, again, is, and that's why Tammy likes to show teen moms, is what you're looking for as a 16-year-old girl, oh, it's so cool, he skateboards. Well, yeah. that's not gonna be cool, <laughs> cool in high school. when you're yeah. 30. <laughs> right. So, and, and you don't know, um, you know, a, a lot of times, and we're going to get into this when we, we get into the honor your father and mother, the difference between sexes, and oftentimes the very things that draws us when we're young are the very things that trip us up when we're older. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of gals are drawn mm-hmm. to that, you know, that bad boy image of I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And and it literally, you know, young it's people risky. that, that yeah. do the wrong things, I mean, ultimately that, that never turns mm-hmm. out right. And, you know, Tammy and I, we've experienced this personally with our own uh, people in our life that we love, where we tried so hard to say, look, here's the narrow road. And we've watched them Mm -hmm. just throw their life away. And I'm like, oh, this hurts so bad. These are Mm -hmm. the things in your teens that you're now realizing in your mid twenties that Mm -hmm. are so painful. And, uh, and again, what I would say to, to young people is just forget about dating. It's okay to be attracted. It's okay to be drawn, Mm -hmm. but save dating for a time in your life when you can actually do something about it. Oh, yeah. And so get yourself as quickly as you can to a place where you can do something about it. Yeah. And and ladies, what you want from a man 
in, in today's culture is somebody who can be responsible, who can do what they need to do and put secondary what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Most men today are boys. They're Peter Pans. And we're going to get into this mm-hmm. when we get into honor your mother and father. You need men that want to provide, want to work hard. Yeah. And, and maybe you're going to be the provider, but they need to be a contributor. Mm-hmm. And men are dying in that area. And so so many women today find themselves uh, having sex, but then being the primary provider the primary yeah. parent, the primary, like everything. Mm-hmm. And it's literally destroying our society. Mm-hmm. Well, and where that leads to is the last, by the end of the day, they're done. Oh yeah. They don't want to have sex with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're building I'm up. Throw that yeah. out there. No, that's good. Yeah. What would you say though, to maybe young people that look at, you know, you guys now where you're at and God has blessed you and your family. And to <laughs> that's say, actually the how, question we always get. But why, yeah. like, oh, but you guys did you. that. You guys dated, you guys, mm-hmm. you know, learned from your mistakes. So what's the well, big deal? Well, I would deal? say this. I think blowing out both of my knees has been beneficial to my spiritual journey. Hmm. It was also extraordinarily painful and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Mm -hmm. So what if I told you, hey, I'm going to hit your your femur with a baseball bat. (laughs) It's going to hurt like hell. Yeah. But the positive news (laughs) is... I'm still alive. You're going to be alive and you're going to appreciate walking and running. You're going to love your other legs You're going to love your other legs so much more. I mean, how many people are going to let me hit them with a bat? Okay, so Tammy and I, sure. we hit our sex life with a bat. Mm-hmm. We we broke our relationship. Mm-hmm. We broke, we, we, we literally just beat the hell out of like mm-hmm. everything that God wants for us. And we've crawled our way out of this cave. Emphasis mm-hmm. on crawled. You know, yeah. and, um, <laughs> and at so many points in the journey, I thought we were going to get up. We were, give up. We weren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. And... And and that's where I would say we're an exception to the rule. We're not the rule. That's yeah. good. Like yeah. we, and that's by God's grace. It's by each of us at different times, completely dying to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, most people who have our similar story do not have what we have. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's taken extraordinary amount of work and grace yeah. and patience and forgiveness and reset. Like, well, let's reset this again. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. for Matt and I, there've been so, so many times where one or both or, or you know, wanted to pull the plug because sure. it was really hard. Mm. And ultimately, you know, luckily we loved our kids more than our marriage sometimes. And so that they helped us until we could love each other. Now, having said that, yeah. here's what I don't yeah. want you to hear. I don't want you to hear that having kids will save your marriage no. because mm. nope. it changes very <laughs> no. few people. Kids actually complicate relationships. They, yeah, they and they complicated enhance. ours. I mean, yeah. we got pregnant six weeks after we got married. Yeah. And that was hard. Back to that, you know, I was the provider. We were starting the church. Mm. Got pregnant again immediately on birth control. So I had two babies and a baby church. And I I was, that was hard times. So, you know, we have, we just raised two teenage girls, you know, Mm. and we have the most real conversations with our mm. our kids um, about this exact question of in high school, how far is too far? And, yeah. you know, one of the things we tried to, to teach them was because Matt and I had very different high school physical experiences, yeah. e- experiences but you know, high school is that time where you're kind of figuring out what you like about someone, sure. what you don't like about someone. And so we tried hard to have our kids not like label. We're like, you can like somebody. We can't control how you feel. We can't control mm-hmm. when you get the tingles for somebody or whatever, right. but we can help you navigate the 
the depth of the label that you put on it. Mm. So like our kids were could say, mm. you like so-and-so, they like you, we like each other, mm-hmm. but be careful to say like, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, and kind of make those attachments that young. Yeah, Cause here's the thing, like when you go to co- most high school, people don't end up getting married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some mm-hmm. do, like we've known some that do and they worked out and- that's an exception. It, but yeah. they're also the exception to the rule. And so when you do that, you're just limiting your future. So I would say for high school kids to be like, enjoy each other's friendship, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy mm-hmm. learning like, hey, I, I'm learning through this, yeah. this relationship that I really need someone who can make me laugh or I really need someone who, yeah. what, you know, mm-hmm. and don't yeah. put yeah. that kind of stuff on it because you're going to move on to college or real life. Yeah. The, the younger you start being physical, the harder it's going to be to wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, That's because good. you just, you're, you're comfortable at a level, then you get a little older, you're comfortable at a level and your body wants yeah. to have sex, like to just put that That's off good. as far yeah, as and possible. And I think ultimately, you know, part of being a Christian is being counterculture. I mean, most 30 year olds in America today are not married. That That is not conducive for a, uh, a life that honors God Mm-hmm. with your sexuality. So the problem is as Christians, we need to prepare ourselves to get married sooner rather than later, which mm-hmm. means we need to do hard work sooner rather than mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Yeah. Is this somebody that I can really trust? Is this somebody that I can follow? And here's why I didn't say this this weekend. The reason you need to control yourself while dating is because if you can't control yourself while you're totally into each other, you won't be able to control yourself when you're not. Right. So here's what most singles don't know is that the same self-control that I needed when dating Tammy, I need when I'm married to Tammy, when we're not getting along, yes. when our sex life is maybe not where I want mm-hmm. it, or uh, you know, we're not connecting or we're stressed out or whatever else. And so that's when affairs and adultery happens is, mm-hmm. so I need to learn to control myself mm-hmm. for the benefit of Tammy when I'm into Tammy so that I have practice controlling myself for Tammy and God when I'm not maybe into God or into Tammy. And understand this, all of life is a discipline. Mm-hmm. All of life is a practice. And you have to practice disciplines in order to get better at it. Yeah. You would never just say, I'm going to go out for the varsity, whatever, having never played, having never practiced. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So marriage if, is varsity. Yeah, marriage, <laughs> is, is, marriage is varsity. And so you need to be practicing and prepping. That's Here's good. the other thing. You know, um, I was thinking about, I think we talked about last class when I, or last uh uh, debrief when I, I I got a bad grade in computer science. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, my lab partner in computer science was Wendy mm. and we were dating. She, I'll never forget. She broke up with me in class as lab partners. And she said, <laughs> oh, it's not man. that I don't like you. It's just that I like somebody else. Mm. Well, guess what? I missed that day. Everything that we were taught. Yeah. And ultimately mm. I got a D in that class. My parents restricted me for the whole summer. I was a mess. Mm. All because of, and and what do I need more in my life, Wendy or computer knowledge? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But but as as a sixteen year old, I thought Wendy was the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, I missed out, lost my whole summer because I was on restriction. Because I got, I mean, like mm. like there was all of this effect, and that's what happens when we give our hearts to a person. Listen to me, teenagers, to a person who was eight years old like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And I want you to think about this, teenagers. I I want you to think about the music you were into in fifth grade. You think it's dumb. The music you were into in junior high, you Mm -hmm. think it's dumb. The music that you were into last year. That's good. See, here's what's happening is you're changing so quickly. What Mm -hmm. you like is changing. And so when you get into a relationship, you can be deeply in love with a person for three months or three weeks. And the next day they're over it. And I've watched my kids experience this. It is 
heartbreaking. Because yeah. here's the thing that happened with me and Wendy. I think me and Wendy were together for two weeks. Well, what I had decided over a period of two weeks was, I really like this girl. Mm. Here's what she decided over a period of two weeks. <laughs> I really like somebody else. <laughs> so her loss. Yeah. So I was That's right. devastated mm. and and didn't do well. And so much of my struggle in school was girls. Yeah. And I think a lot of boys and a lot of girls, so much of their issue is sexual attraction. And much of this, hey, let's put boys and girls together in school has been a disaster in our culture. Mm. You know, whoever's idea that was, let's dig them up from the grave and kick them. So <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm just saying it, it mm-hmm. when you have newly sexualized little people, yeah. right? Yeah, that's what I mean, or not little, little person is a little person, but new, you're, you're new at being a person. Yeah. You're relative, like you just learned to talk like a couple years ago. Yeah. You're not ready mm-hmm. for this pressure. And it's a lot of pressure. You know, as an adult male, I'm 47 years old, I have to learn how to interact and, and, mm-hmm. and act. And, you know, Stephanie, I've gone through the awkward, you know, like, mm-hmm. how do we, like, you're a woman, I'm a man. How do we, how do we connect in a non-sexualized, it, it's weird. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we have to have these weird conversations. I'm married to a woman. How do we interact in a sexualized context? Yeah. Okay, this, this is weird because we're really, really different. Yeah. And I'm 47. If you're 17, I got 30 years on you, right. and I'm telling you, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. That's um, good. So, yeah, yeah, that's really. I don't good. think we've answered a question. No, no we have. Yeah. No. I think the answer that's is good. as little as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to think bigger for your life. That's what I try to tell my my teenagers. Oh, is you need to think like you can't have head down. You you need to be looking bigger and broader mm-hmm. for your life and. Because who's here today will be gone tomorrow. I mean, yeah. I don't even talk to anybody really from high school anymore, um, mm. even really from college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like enjoy it. But what you're really learning at that age is about yourself, about compatibility. Mm-hmm. Don't bring that physical in. Yeah. 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 And listen to me, you know, people will come and go from your life. God alone mm-hmm. remains. Mm-hmm. God is the consistent factor yeah. in your life. And so here's the thing. God is just there for the 97-year-old, just like he is for the 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God is ever present, never leaves. Mm-hmm. Trust him. He cares for you. And ultimately, God wants you to have beautiful, wonderful sex where you feel loved, you experience the pleasure of it, the intensity of it, and the safety of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tammy and I, um, you know, we're, we're not going to get a disease. If we got pregnant, like we're here together to work that out mm-hmm. together, right. to handle that together, to celebrate this new life, this new addition to our family. It's not the end of her life or my life. It's the beginning of a new life. Right. That's what happens when you do it God's way. Mm-hmm. So. And I think at that age, since we are talking teenagers, a couple things is that if you're in a relationship where you're feeling pressured to be super physical, that that is a red flag yeah, for you. Out. That's not for you. Get out. Or yeah. if you're in a relationship where you're really wanting to do things Mm. and go farther. You need to get out too, because you're just setting yourself up for failure in that. And so, um, consider, Mm. consider both of those things, red Mm -hmm. flags. If it's not what you want to do and you're being pressured, Mm. or if it is what you want to do and you're willing to pressure and you're willing to, or, or you're willing to do things that, you know, probably aren't right for you. Mm -hmm. So one of the verses we covered this weekend was uh, Paul says to Timothy, run from anything that stimulates lust. So like if you're on Mm. a diet, you probably don't need to hang out at Krispy Kreme. Right. (laughs) So if you're trying to live 
if you're trying mm-hmm. to live a certain way sexually, you know, there's just things that you need to watch or not watch. Like I know a real popular show right now is uh, Game of Thrones. Tammy and I mm. watched the first episode and I told her, I said, this, I said, this, this is not for me. I said, this is not for me. Um, you know, I said, uh, and then, you know, somebody showed me how you could watch it on VidAngel. So we, we downloaded like it, Vin like Angel and it, the it, and it's section. all the news. It's like, like a 10 minute it episode. It makes it a little choppy, you get but you it. get the point. A little choppy, yeah. Yeah, so, but, um, you know, anybody out there that's watching that, let me just tell you, as your pastor and spiritual leader, if I watch two people naked pretending to have sex, there's a good chance I'm gonna be aroused. Maybe not. There's a really good chance. Pretty just like just like when you walk, if, yeah. you know, if you haven't had lunch and, and you, that, you walk into a burger place. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, but I would say for most people, they don't yeah. even consider that porn. They're like, not, oh, yeah. that's, that's we fine. We know some people, they're like, you know, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so okay, so right now. <laughs> like for example, you know, where I used to go to a beach as a young man mm-hmm. and where I, you know, I actually I act like I've been surfing, I've been surfing lately, but let's all pretend <laughs> I've been surfing lately. I don't go to the beaches and surf where women lie out in their bikinis. Yeah. Like that's like underwear. Why, why would I want to stare at, you know, women in their underwear? Why would I, so I don't go there. I don't go to the places where, you know, these things happen. Mm-hmm. I need to run from things that stimulate me. Which mm-hmm. on the on the Cultivate podcast, unintentional plug. Yeah, that, hey, this that, isn't that, your show. That was, <laughs> everybody tune in. Uh, that was one of the questions that was for women dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And I would even say women and teenage girls, uh, you know, we go, we look at sex differently or get excited for different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even for young girls, like some of the shows, like I watched, you know, 13 Reasons Why, because mm-hmm. everyone was, my son wanted to watch it when he was mm-hmm. 12. And yeah. I'm like, well, let me watch it for, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it was about suicide, but they, they make it seem in that show, like every kid everywhere is having sex and doing drugs and drinking. And, mm-hmm. um, and just so you know, young people, the statistics of teenagers having sex has gone down every decade since 1970. Really? Yes. Mm. Well, right. No. Okay. And again, but that's why facts facts are so important. You. Right. Yeah. Um, no, because there is more information out there, and 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 less less people are engaging it. Because I think most people are aware of the dangers. Whereas I think there was a little naivete in the 70s. Sure. You know, right at the, yeah. the the beginning of the sexual revolution, right. and you know the women's rights movements, and you know I can be just like a man. Well. Again, I always wondered why men were the goal. Like, like I don't know that that's the goal. Uh, but go for ahead. women, you need to be careful what you're watching. Yeah. Because if mm-hmm. you're watching a show and, and teenage girls, if you're watching stuff where where that's normal or it is getting you excited or making you more curious than, than where you're, you're ready to be in life, you need yeah. to not be watching it. Like yeah. my son had a bunch of friends over and they were trying to pick a movie to watch and one of the girls was like, I said, well, I, I was trying to remember this movie they wanted to watch thinking everyone's at our house. I feel responsible. And I'd said, I think they they allude to sex in it, but don't. And she said, mm-hmm. well, can we pick something else then? Mm-hmm. I was so proud of her and a group oh, of man. like 10 kids yeah. to yeah. say like that, because it mm-hmm. does matter what you see. Yeah. And so, especially when you're younger like yeah. that, I mean, every age you need to be careful what you see, but yeah. it makes it more normalized. It makes it less important mm-hmm. when it's just all the time. Well, so. yeah, in film, they call that, the term for that is the assumed truth. So every mm-hmm. film, every TV show, every mm-hmm. commercial, everything yeah. has in the development process, they call what is our assumed truth. Mm-hmm. And so it's that, well, the assumed truth mm-hmm. is that all kids are sleeping around, all kids are doing drugs. Right. So we're, mm-hmm. all of our characters are going to do this thing. That's always the 
But what it makes teenagers message. feel like is they're behind. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're missing oh, out. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. missing something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and let me just say this to all of our teenagers. When my friends would ask me if I was a virgin when I was in high school, I'd lie right to their face. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it tons of times. To- yeah, totally. Yeah. Of my, of one of my friends like, of course what, what, you did. What was her name? I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I, she doesn't go to this school. She lives a different school. She lives, she lives far away. <laughs> she goes to another school. <laughs> Dude, I, oh, my gosh. And, and here's what's so I sad is I was embarrassed mm. because, and, and, and what I found out later is all my other friends were lying, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a bunch of virgins sitting in the yeah. spa talking about their sexual exploits. Yeah. Like, oh, None geez. of it was true, yeah. Yeah. How big was the fish? This big. Well, we got, we got a lot of right. other awesome questions. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move yeah. on. So Rachel wrote in and says, I was introduced to Sandals Church through a guy I work with. We were both divorced and I thought we had a connection. We unfortunately had sex and the next morning he informed me he was not ready to start an intimate relationship. Nice. He invited her to church and then bedded her. Way to yeah. go, dude. Not yeah. the example. She says, I did what my friends told me and acted like I was fine, even though I'm not. I'm a single mom of three kids and I don't <sighs> want to leave a good job, since, but I've since joined a small group and I'm currently attending a path group. I'm learning so much and I know that my focus needs to be on my relationship with God and my children. But what are some of the practical ways that I can heal from the sin I committed and heal the emotional scar that's mm. come from it? Well, okay. So the first thing I would do is ask God for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And the next mm-hmm. thing you need to do is ask yourself for forgiveness mm-hmm. because you know, you blew it, you made a mistake. Um, and guys will use sex, you know, will use women to get sex and and, and w- women will often use sex to hopefully get love. Mm-hmm. And so like, so we, we need true. to all be honest with that. And so as a woman with three kids, you probably feel like, you know, three strikes against me and, you know, or whatever you're feeling like. And you, need, you just need to say, look, if God has a man for me, He's going to love me and love my kids and he's going to honor me and honor my kids. And I'm okay if that man doesn't come. Mm. Because if you're not okay with that man not coming, what you're saying is men are God, God is not. Mm. And so a lot of people say they worship God, but they really worship sex. They worship relationships. They worship money. They worship Mm. things. They worship their own desires and passions. And so what God is saying is, no, I want to be first. Yeah. Because I've put mm-hmm. you first. I sent my one and only son to die for you on the cross. And so what I want you to do is put me first. And so here's the amazing thing is if when you do that, you're going to be blessed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Yeah. You know, it, e- I e- mean, it email us his name the, and then John the will the kill him. Yeah, we'll, we'll take him down. The irony and say I'm not ready to start a serious <laughs> relationship after, after you just, yeah, Come is, on. is, well, yeah. you just did. Yeah, you yeah. just yeah. did, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry about that. But, you know, I think the best thing for you to do in addition to just repentance and forgiving, forgiving yourself and asking God for forgiveness is to, to make a note of what that, how that felt Mm -hmm. because, and Mm -hmm. and to make sure that you guard yourself from being in that situation again, because now you know that, you know, I, I have to believe you went into that with the assumption that maybe you guys were both in the same place and that this this is a step to starting something now you know that for everybody that's not the same and so and just because they go to church remember the pain of how that felt yeah they're dirt bags in church remember Mm -hmm. that that's a reason why god wants better for you because he wants to protect you from the pain that you experienced and and take that with you moving forward to not to not put yourself in that situation and i hope guys hear hear that in the same way we don't think about the consequences when i steal Think about what that guy in the name of he Jesus stole from her. He stole from he stole from <laughs> yeah. her. Yeah. He's, and on my he's, bad he's created yeah. he's yeah. created heartache. 
He's done all kinds of things. And he mm-hmm. probably doesn't feel bad at all. I think she says that he, in the question, he's dating somebody yeah. else at work. So clearly mm-hmm. this guy's a dirtbag. Mm-hmm. So um, so you also can thank God that, that he's not yours. Now he's hers. So here's what <laughs> I would say. Now you know what to not look for. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so here's, here's the good news is this terrible situation brought you to God. So we're going to rejoice in the fact that you, you have God now. Right. What we need to do is not repeat the terrible choice. Right. Yep. Go and yeah, send them more sure. kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, then this weekend you chatted, uh, you gave a pretty um, clear call to action, which <laughs> I so appreciated. We love that. Um, hey, if you are living um, in in sin, then either break up or get married. Yeah. And that was a pretty yeah. clear, bold, yeah. bold <laughs> yeah. instruction. Um, and so I think it's brought out some some questions here. Kim wrote in, and she has a very specific scenario that I think speaks right right to that. She says, "My boyfriend and I have been together for four years. Uh, we are both in our forties. I've grown. I've we have grown daughters um, who are both early college age. Uh, his wife passed five years ago from ALS, hmm. and in order for college to be affordable, we sacrificed getting married so that our kids don't have massive student loans." Um, we both know we are living in sin and frequently bring this up in prayer due to our sex life. I'm in love with him and truly believe God has sent this loving man into my life. When we offered, um, when you offered to break up uh, our step and all I could think of was, I, I wish we were able to, but we can't sacrifice the opportunity for these girls. I know our burdensome student loan debt uh, is, and we know we have burdensome student loan debt, and I can't believe I'm not doing the right thing, but wanting to. Uh, what are your thoughts for them? They they're stuck in this place. They they know they're living in sin. They know they have the student loan thing, but yet they not sure what to do. Yeah, I don't. Been well, together first of a while. all, I don't know. I, I don't know their financial situation. Right. They've not disclosed that. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know that um, that I believe them. Okay. So the first thing I would do is I would say, go sit down with a financial planner and find mm. out if what you're saying is actually true. So maybe what they're saying is by their combined incomes, it pushes them into a tax level where it affects their kids' loans. But, so maybe not specifically a wedding they couldn't afford, but afford yeah. to be Legally. together, and legally so, married. Yeah, and so part okay. of loving, but part of loving your uh, husband's kids is helping yeah. them pay. Yeah. It's not loving to lie on your tax returns hmm. so that Tammy and I get to pay because that's who's paying. Somebody's paying for your kids. And so what the government is saying is, is you and your, your boyfriend make X amount of money and you can't afford school. Well, that's not true. Hmm. So now we need to go back to the commandment on thou shalt not steal because what you're doing is you're actually stealing from people who can't afford it. Hmm. And so the whole idea of hmm. the FAFSA is what is the combined family income and, and looking at that, and there's nothing wrong with your kids taking out school loans. There's nothing wrong with mm. that. They have a lifetime to, to pay that back. And there's other things that you can do. Again, what's the most important thing? Serving God and doing the right mm. thing and trusting that he's gonna bless everything else. You know, Tammy and I could say, well, we'd have more money for our kids if we didn't tithe. Uh, we could mm. contribute more to their, mm-hmm. to their uh, education if we didn't tithe, but I'm not gonna rob God to pay School. Well, and what That's they're good. also doing is robbing God of the opportunity to show up yeah. for mm-hmm. them financially because they don't know what that would look like yeah. when they do it the in right way. In their mind, and, they can't afford right, it, but God right. might provide it in Absolutely. a different and, way. Sure. And the other, the other thing that makes me concerned when I hear this question, again, I don't know their situation. I believe that they're truly 
feeling a certain way. I just yeah. think they're contro- they're controlling the situation sure. instead of letting God be a part of that. But there, mm. here's what is my most concerning part of that is what you're teaching your your yeah. daughters is follow God unless it costs unless it costs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like like do the, do what's right or, unless yeah. it mm-hmm. doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work out for you or it doesn't, because you think what you're doing is, is going, well, here's a specific thing, but what you're teaching them that in all areas of life, mm-hmm. do it God's way, mm-hmm. unless yeah. it doesn't work out for you the best. Yeah, sure. Or teaching them like, and, oh, getting married, yeah. the actual like paper being right. married doesn't matter. Right. When it and and, and it does, yeah. again, mm-hmm. it just spins me down this road of all kinds of curious things of like, well, mm. well, would you be married? Would he, is he that committed to you? Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, this is going to make something hard. So let's not, let's just yeah. like the whole situation to me doesn't feel like it's honoring God, even in the, and I hate, I hate to be rough like that. Like, please don't find me in the lobby and yell at me, but um, <laughs> Fine, that, Jono. you're going to yeah. be, you know, I, I've it's seen perfect. in situations, like an example, I've seen in situations where parents parents that are constantly putting their boss down at work, putting down the president, putting down whoever at home, what Mm. you're communicating is it's okay to not like authority or, or honor authority that Mm. you don't like. Sure. This is, it's okay to not follow God's rule because it's someone you don't like or doesn't work out. Well, what ends up happening is as soon as you have to be the authority in your kid's life, you've taught them when they don't like what authority has to say, you can go against it. That's good. I, I, I see that happening in this scenario mm-hmm. of, you know, do what's best for you financially, even if it's not right inside of God, which mm. is. Yeah. And a lot of people that consider place. themselves moral people, what we do is we choose, we choose our own moral code. Mm-hmm. I would love mm-hmm. to do what's right, but, and that's, and that's what's happening here. And, and again, you need to think about it. There's only so much money designated for kids to go to school. And that money is designated for kids who the, the government is deemed, is this what you can afford? Like when Tammy and I felt the FAFSA, we don't agree either with what the government says we can afford. <laughs> mm. But you know what? That's the system and we play by the rules. We don't lie. I don't lie about my income. We don't lie about those things. Yeah. And and basically what's what's happening is my kids potentially are being robbed so that your kids, and, and it's okay, Tammy didn't die of ALS. So that's, that's, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. And I don't want to diminish mm-hmm. that at all. Sure. But that doesn't mean that we then have permission to do the wrong things. Just mm. because you're a victim in one area doesn't mean you get to victimize somebody else in another area. Yeah. And even, you know, even in the question, it sounds like you guys have really convinced yourself of why this is the right thing. Well, mm-hmm. it says, she said they get even convicted. Even though you say it's the yeah. wrong thing, but, yeah. but in the story, it's like, but here's what we have to do. There's an assumption that there's no choice. Yeah, there's an assumption and, and you that are making our hands a choice. Are tied. Yeah, they in are. It, in it. Right. And yeah. I would say that a lot of people in our church are not getting married because of financial reasons. Yeah. Yeah, we mm. we. I mean, this is not the only question. We got right. this in yeah. person. We've seen this, so right. this is not to pick on this specific situation. But I yeah, we love you. Sorry. Does it yeah. come? It, it's a hard situation, but we saying, all have to make hard choices all yeah, the time. That it ultimately, I hear you both saying it ultimately comes down to: Are you trusting in God or are you not? Mm-hmm. Right. Are, mm-hmm. If you're trusting in God, then even the financial details that would don't make sense on paper, mm-hmm. you choose, choose to follow God's truth mm-hmm. regardless, because ultimately that's. Well, and what if there's, what if there's a raise that God's withholding? What if, what if there's mm. some, there's some blessing that they, they're not receiving because God, God does not finance sin. He does not. Mm. And I, I tell it to my kids all the time. Yep. 
We tell our kids all and the time. neither do we. I said, God does not finance sin <laughs> and neither good. do we. If you choose, if you choose to walk away from God, you have chosen to walk away from Tammy and I's financial blessing on your life. Uh, we like talked about that in our small group last night. Mm-hmm. How how we how would you handle that with a kid that's maybe gone away and, and is choosing to live in the world? And Yeah, if, if a child goes on their own, the best mm. thing you can do as a parent is let them be on their own. Mm. That's what I would say. And we, you know, we've been super upfront around, about that with our girls mm. that are in college. We said yeah. college, you know, they had gotten cars. We helped them get cars. We said, the car is yours. The payment is ours as long as A, B, and C, you know, you're in mm. church, you're serving and you're not, Living, it, it, that's your choice as an adult to make yeah, those, and then, and then the car payment's yours too. Mm-hmm. Same with sure. your college payment, because we will not fund sin. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Um, yeah. because and, I care about my, I care about good. my kid's soul yeah. more than I care about yeah. their life. And right. some people think, "Oh, that's crazy." Well, okay, then I, I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, that's good. All right. Really so good. one more question. Good luck, Kim. Yeah. Uh, from someone on the non-married side, uh, Beth wrote in and said, on the topic of sexual immorality, what is the verdict on masturbation? Is It is commonly known that for men, masturbation is normal at the start of puberty and into adulthood. For men, it's common, but for women, it feels shameful, dirty, and sinful. What does that mean for a woman who deals with the guilt of masturbating, specifically in a season of waiting to have sex mm-hmm. until marriage mm-hmm. and without the addition of porn? How can I be faithful in honoring God with my body in a season of waiting? Yeah. So I remember one time I had a gal say, she had to meet with me. This is back when I did counseling. I do not do it anymore. And she told me she was <laughs> addicted. God. She was addicted to masturbation. I was like, okay, this is going to be a first. So she comes in and mm-hmm. uh, sits down and, I'm, and I, I was like, so how often do you do it? And she's like, she's like once a month. I'm like, I think you're good. <laughs> think you're good. Like, <laughs> I appreciate that question though, yeah. because yeah. most women are not honest about it. And, yeah. and it, it, I think she's right. Like yeah. it is sort of this, like, that's what guys do. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Right. Right. Any woman who would say that would feel super it's like, dirty. Yeah. 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 And so I appreciate it. But I think the same kind of thing is to, you know, it, it is such a natural like we're made to have sex in yeah. some way, God's way, all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. in the waiting, that's hard. So it, I think as long as you're not, again, back to what you're seeing, like, what are you watching? Are you watching yeah. things that you, you're starting in your mind that your body wants to finish? Like guard yeah. against those things. Yeah. And, and let me just say this. It is possible. But, and even as a young man, it is possible to kill your sex drive. And I could tell you how it happened for me. I was in boot camp. Hmm. I was in boot camp. Yeah. I was not sexually aroused for 14 weeks. I mean, every ounce of energy. Every, I do. I never ever had an erection. Nothing. I mean, I, dude. I. Can you say that on the face? <laughs> yes, we'll we'll say we'll say we get very Whoa. real. Yeah. yeah. So, so it is possible. <laughs> and, and and the thing is, um, what it taught me, what boot camp actually taught me, was, hey, I can I can control this. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. I thought this that was uncontrollable. Yeah. I can control it. Yeah. And. And I can begin to manage this. And here's, okay, so occasionally I think masturbation is going to happen. And there are just times or situations where it happens. Here's what I would say is get an accountability partner, somebody mm-hmm. that you can confess it to and say, hey, look, this happened. Don't make it like, like there's a, there's a difference between looking at porn, having sex, like Christians say dumb things. One of the dumb things we say is all sex is the same. No, it is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, Go to the cross. Jesus tells Pilate, those who turn me over to you are guilty of the greater sin. That's Jesus. Mm -hmm. So what he's saying is, Mm -hmm. look, Pilate, you're killing me. You're condemning me. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, these guys, they're they're guilty of greater. So so just know that there are going to be times and situations where, where this happens. Here's the dangers of masturbation. 
is what you train yourself to do in masturbation is to please yourself. As a married man, I can tell you, I do not understand women's anatomy. I do not understand women's bodies. It is very difficult for me to please someone who is not like me. Mm. That's, that's a lifelong challenge. When I have trained myself to pleasure myself, I then create a larger possibility of being dissatisfied, mm. of, being, yeah. of not being able to be pleasured because I have trained myself to do what I like mm-hmm. and your spouse, who is the opposite gender of you, who does not, you know, like, like I don't have a vagina. Tammy doesn't have a penis. Like we, we don't, those things, true. those things are different. <laughs> oh, <that's true. laughs> and if I, seven. if I have given myself, you know, over to masturbation, I have, mm. I'm going to be very disappointed yeah. with what my spouse can do for me because they are not me. And right. so what I would encourage you to do is, is, is bring that to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I want. Uh, this, the, my, my goal is one day, um, you know, my goal in life is not to masturbate. My goal in life is to be with Tammy. That's the goal. That's mm-hmm. what I want. And so I want to be present. Uh, I want to be able to be pleased in that moment. Mm. And specifically addiction with masturbation creates real problems. Just as mm. viewing porn uh, creates, it's hard for men to be stimulated. There is no this is not Christian information. This mm. is sex therapist information. There is no information out there that says uh, watching sex enhances your sex life. Every mm-hmm. research study says it diminishes your mm-hmm. sex life. It mm. destroys your sex life. So so just be very, very careful. I think under no circumstances should you ever watch something to arouse yourself. Mm. If you get in a situation where you biologically, your body's firing, right? And it's gonna happen, man, you know, because if you're a guy, it's really hard to sleep with an erection. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like, and you're tossing, you're turning, you're praying, you're sweating, whatever. And and you mm-hmm. masturbate. Okay, you did that. Who are we going to talk to that about? Because mm-hmm. listen to me, sin's power is in secrecy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I say, hey, uh, Jono, man, I, I got to confess to you, dude, we're in a men's group. Uh, man, I... I this week I masturbated and I'm, and I'm really, I'm really feeling bad about that. And mm-hmm. what I need to hear from Jono is, look, man, I hear from you. I forgive you and let's pray together and, 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 and really try to recommit ourselves to, and knowing that it's probably going to happen again, we may get ourselves in a situation. Um, mm. And here's, here's, you know, Tammy doesn't want me to share <laughs> too much, but here's my thing specifically, let's say I'm traveling and I get aroused. I get, I get turned on by some other woman. I would much rather confess to Tammy that I masturbated mm-hmm. Then I had an affair. We can, we can fix, I, I would have much we, we, that also. we can <laughs> fix <laughs> masturbation. So if I go down this road, mm. right. And I violated, I didn't run from something that was stimulating me. I'm mm. stimulated. Now I'm in a situation where what the heck do I do? Well, my plan, my backup plan Think is. Think of your mom. <laughs> think of my mom would probably help. Sorry, mom, I love you. Actually, I think thinking of your mom would help. So, um, sorry, Kathy, you love you. Um, oh man, right? Okay, just throwing out ideas. That's good. But here's the thing: Practical there's steps. a point of which I think women are more biologically able to go down a road and stop. I think men, once that train gets going, mm-hmm. it's really hard to stop the train. Mm. And so my plan is: that's what I'm going to do. First thing I'm doing is I'm calling Dan Zabardi. I'm mm. calling somebody. I'm saying, look, here, here's what happened. I'm not going to look at porn. I'm not going to watch something on mm. the, you know, because when you're in a hotel, you can watch pornography. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tell Dan Zimbardi, 
I'm going to probably talk to Dan Crowley. Uh, I'm going to talk to Eric Sally in my small group. I'm going to yeah. talk to Adam Sims in my small group. And then I'm going to figure out how I'm going to tell Tammy. Okay, here's what happened. Hmm. My goal is to not have to confess. I watched a movie. I looked at a, I, well, yeah. they don't have magazines yeah. anymore, but I looked on yeah, my phone yeah. or I, I, um, whatever else. And I, and I, and I set up boundaries. I try to go to a hotel when I'm ready mm. to go to bed, mm. when I'm all done, like the mm. day is over and I'm exhausted and I'm tired. And, and a lot of guys and gals get in trouble because they got all this free time. Yeah. You're not doing anything good. You're sitting mm. around and, and you know, you, you lack purpose. And so find something to do so that you're just not sitting around like, well, what am I going to do? Well, today? another aspect of that is if you have that kind of accountability in place, sometimes mm. the thought of if I follow Walking through down, down, down this, I'm going to have to tell somebody yeah. might be the cold shower you just needed. Sometimes that'll be like, oh, I'd rather not. And just like, then uh, have to go yeah. face and tell everyone. Like, when tell I told my you, people, when yeah. I looked at that girl on Instagram, I was literally like, you didn't tell me. I saw that you liked it. Well, but I told you the next morning. <laughs> I literally, I was like, I never, ever want to tell her that again. Yeah. Like, I was like, let's make a memory. Like, yeah, this like knowing was, that you have that in place oh, is exactly going to be the, the thought of the virtual thought of your mom that you. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and that yeah. was a great example of I didn't go to my phone to look at something. I was bored mm-hmm. and right. I'm strolling. Right. And I, yep. oh, and man. Just don't even do that. Go do yeah. something else. And yeah. so, um, you guys, speaking of the thought, the think of your mom, <laughs> has Matt told the story about when my son went out like on this little group date with the girl? Oh, no, I haven't told <laughs> you. Can tell this, was, this is like, this is like mom ninjutsu. This is good. This is mom ninjutsu. So, Ethan, we let Ethan go out like on a little family, like go to a play with the girl that he okay. liked and her family. And as they left, I'm like, bye, love. I love you, baby. Now, just remember, anything you do to her, you're going to do to me when you get home. So I'll be looking forward to that. Matt literally died. I was was holding my side. I was laughing so hard. (laughs) And my son is like, (laughs) what color did his face turn when he said that? Dude. (laughs) Poor guy. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Did that just come to you in that moment? Yeah, I wanted to plant that little thought in his head. I was like, just, so if we're holding hands later, I wow. hope we're not making out. Dude, like, my wife is a mental oh, terrorist. That's good. She's, I'm going to assault you forever. <laughs> Boom. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Uh, Our poor kids. Uh, we, have a, we have a few more. Good All co- right. Bring do you want to take this next one? Yeah. So Anonymous Annie wrote in. Um, I love how honest this question is. She yes, says, sex is anything good. but easy for my husband mm, and I. Yeah. My husband was sexually abused by his older sister when he was younger, which has basically given him an aversion to sex. Mm. We waited to have sex until we got married, and it seemed to be going good for the first couple of years, only to find out that by talking it out, once we talked it out in therapy, my husband was basically going through the sexual motions mm. to keep me happy. Mm. Once he got real with himself, with help from a therapist, he admitted how terrifying sex is for him. At that point, we just, we decided to refrain from sex for a while to let him heal and take the pressure off. However, he mm. continues to be pretty disinterested in sex. I'm constantly the one to initiate it, which makes me feel vulnerable and unattractive, especially mm. when he mm. turns me down. It feels like we take two steps forward and one step back. He assures me over and over that it has nothing to do with me and that he really struggles in that area. Mm. I would prefer I would prefer sex at least once a week, and I feel like he is fine with once a month, if that. Mm. I want to love and support him. However, I also don't want to feel guilty for wanting a regular and enjoyable sex life. What would you recommend for a spouse of a sexual abuse survivor? Mm. We are having difficulty finding a place where we both feel comfortable and that our needs are met. Yeah, Mm. man. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'll let Tammy answer this. Um, But let me just say, I'm so sorry. And I thank you so much for your question because I Mm. think we assume 
it's always girls that are sexually molested. Right. And, and, and we don't talk about what it does to boys. Right. And when we talk about it, usually we talk about a man molesting them, but this is a situation where it's a sibling and yeah. it's had devastating consequences. Right. So what do you think? I mean, that's, there's no great answer for that question that's so deep and real and that pain is real um mm. and that struggle is real yeah um i guess my first thought on that is does come from that personal place i mean i was sexually abused and that is a dynamic that i brought into matt and i's sex life and there mm. are there are certain things that i am absolutely like i can't don't. Yeah. because mm. it just triggers that for me mm-hmm. and and we've had to be super real about that of like, I need you to never, <laughs> yeah. because, yeah. because um, your first sexual experience was, yeah, it was, was with molestation. It's yeah. terrible. And yeah. so, um, yeah. and, and no matter what, that's just like, it, it triggers, you know, I think that then we've had, we've had to figure out, I've had to figure out like, okay, the, I, I feel safe or comfortable here, but not here, here, mm-hmm. but not here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he probably needs to still um, maybe talk to somebody about that. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to, I, I say he needs to so directly, but my recommendation is that he really come up with, hey, these things, like mm-hmm. I had to, you know, like I, I like mm-hmm. these things. I'm okay with these things. These mm-hmm. things are more comfortable for me. Um, mm-hmm. And you start That's there. Good. For yeah. a, a while until, because, you know, shame and safety and, um, mm. you know, I, I hope that he can grow into a place where he can start replacing good experience for the bad. I had to do that. Yeah. Um, but, but it is really, it is tough. I mean, it just complicates all of it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you have to figure out how to meet in the middle though. So I appreciate the hard work that you guys are doing, the, the love and support that you have for him. Yeah. Um, you, it, it sounds like you're being long suffering. I mean, this is the yeah. for better, for worse. Yeah. You know, this is part of that for worse of like, this might be your story. So sure. find, find mm. the, the soft places you can land for lack of a better way to say that. Find yeah. the, the yeah. parts that, and, and start there and be okay with that until that grows, I guess. I don't, yeah. yeah. but you got to be real about what those things are. And again, I mean, part of the, what I appreciate her is just the honesty of what it feels like to be in a marriage where you're not wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's what she's, that's the heartache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would encourage you guys to do is he needs to get specifically with a sex therapist. I would encourage mm. him to uh, ask specifically about testosterone therapy. Mm. Um, he may have less low testosterone. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to up, that um, because, you know, again, and then start making positive memories and, mm-hmm. and examples. And um, mm-hmm. I just think that that's so important for him ultimately to find healing because he doesn't want what happened to him as a child to imprison him through adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we want him to be free in that. And that just having said that, some men, and I've seen this, have just really low sex drives. Yeah. Um, so you had abuse on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. the case. Sure. Like, yeah. And I mean, right. We talk a lot about homosexual, heterosexual, but there are people who are asexual and they mm-hmm. just j- do not have a sex drive. And we all think, mm-hmm. oh, that everybody has a sex drive. No, everybody's an individual. And our, you know, I, I talk about, uh, hope one day I hope to write a book, but we talk about the birds and the bees. And the three bees are uh, my background, what's happened to me, hmm. my biology. And that's why I said, let's look at uh, testosterone therapy and then my beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, so w- what happened to him about sex, what's going on in his biology, and then what does he believe about sex? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Those three things are affect sex yeah. drive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, so all of us have had different experiences, different things have happened to us. We have different biology and then we were raised differently. We have different beliefs about sex and, and how has that mm-hmm. impacted me and affected me. And, and those things affect us, what we will yeah. do, what we'll try. And, and so just know that. So thank you so much for loving him yeah. and sending your question in for mm-hmm. him. And we're going to pray for you. Um, but again, God's will for him is to find as much healing as he possibly can yeah. in this mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and to please his wife with his body because it's not his own. Yeah. And that's yeah. what Paul says. And so ultimately... Um, you need to feel close, you need to feel intimate, and sex is something that you're longing for with him. And my prayer is, is that he can find a way to long for that with you. And usually yeah. it, it's the opposite, usually it's the man sure. saying this, yeah. but like I said in my sermon, I mm-hmm. have experienced this exact thing. So. Yeah. yeah, and I would say too, like in that waiting time, like believe him when he says it has nothing to do with you. Um, mm. My husband has a sexual abuse background too. It's different than your husband's, but there are times when mm. mentally he's just not in a good mm. spot and mm. we have to work through that. And I, I mm. have to work hard to believe him when he says it's not about me, mm. um, that mm. he's not rejecting me. He's not, not attracted to me. He doesn't not want me. Mm. It's not about me in that moment. His brain's mm-hmm. gone somewhere else. Like sure. it's triggered by things. Like there's probably PTSD in there that yeah. completely takes over Absolutely. your mind. Like believe him when he says it's not mm. about you because the second that you start buying into the lie, like, well, he doesn't like me. He doesn't want me. Like you're going to start letting lies in and you're going to, selfishly start making it about you when it wasn't. Mm. Um, but I know that could be a really big That's temptation. Wise. So That's worse. Yeah. Thank That's you. really good. <clears throat> well, the um, the this next uh, question here is specifically for you, actually. <laughs> Whoa. Right. On the show, right? is, this, is this the one I sent in? <laughs> <laughs> This question comes from Athena. That's right. Uh, anonymous. So we'll see. Uh, it says, what advice does Tammy have for a wife in pregnancy and breastfeeding stages of life when my sex drive is at a zero? Oh man. Frequency is difficult when sex seems gross or hurts. Having toddlers slash infants makes having sex, having time for sex regularly almost impossible. Mm, yeah. What do you say? that? What? Well, let me, I, I mean, I don't know that I can authentically speak to all the dynamics of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, pregnancy is, I mean, it is hard. I, I've known some women that like being pregnant makes them want to have more sex. <laughs> that was yeah. not my some, story. Yeah. I, was, yeah. some makes I was this it, girl for le- sure. You yeah. know, wants to have Lex, so you could help speak to that. But, and so, um, it, and your body is changing. I mean, that was a part that was hard for me as I was, mm-hmm. I just felt so unattractive mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. pregnancy. Um, you had to get a little creative, yeah. uh, that kind yeah. of thing. That was, that was definitely difficult. Um, for sure. That's a struggle. Mm. You know, I think those are just real conversations you have to have. I don't think you get permission. Like Matt said, your body's not your own to mm. just say I'm pregnant. I don't ever want to. I'm, I'm tackling yeah. that first part of the question first um, yeah. and then come to that. And then your husband needs to be mindful that you're being pregnant. the weirdest thing. Like mm-hmm. it's your body, but it's not, everything's changing. You have like such little control of how you feel. Yeah. Um, it, it's a difficult thing, but I will say this, this too shall pass. Yeah. <laughs> you're not good. pregnant forever. Yeah. Um, and that is a better thing. I think mm. the next part is. Um, little kids running around, making time. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, right before that, it says frequency. Oh, frequency. Yeah. Oh, it's difficult, oh, it's difficult. when sexy things hurt. Yeah, I mean. Well, there may be some scarring, so you need to go back yeah, to your gynecologist that, and see if. That's probably a medical thing yeah, you need to sure. get tracked. You know, and like you said too, like this too will pass. Like I just had a baby. Like that yeah. whole part of our life has been really challenging because I'm hurt. Like my sex drive's at zero. Like mm. yeah, I would do. I would. I wanted sleep more than anything else. Yeah, in yeah. The world. sure. Like, and yeah, yeah like sex was painful at first and mm. like, yeah so already i'm tired i don't want to have sex and if i'm gonna have sex like it's not gonna be enjoyable at all and like mm. you said like this too shall pass like yeah it really t- does that so, won't last so you can't get so overwhelmed in the whole of the moment and just mm-hmm. know that okay this is a season but you do need to anticipate getting out of the season and do what you can yeah. to get yeah. out of it and figure out other ways to connect and other ways to mm-hmm. you know the heart matt and i are so far past that stage of having little kids but i find myself walking through this with such with a lot of moms now and and remembering it with such um clarity of that time Mm. of just like i just remember you know i had i had a four or a yeah four and a six-year-old when i had ethan and just i just remember being touched all the time like all day long my someone's hanging on my leg Mm. you know i'm breastfeeding at that time and by the time they were all in bed i was just like if I'm no, touched one more time yeah, and then Matt wants to touch me and I'm like, yeah. don't touch me. Yeah. It's like I had used all the touch mm-hmm. that I have up. Mm. That's a hard season, but also that passes. Mm. Now, you know, Matt and I had made sure that we had some better boundaries with like not letting our kids sleep in our bed because then you're literally touched 24 yeah. seven There's if you no do free. that. Yeah. And some people mm. like, that's so hard or it is yeah, hard. Get them out of your bed. You know, it was funny. Like the girls, <laughs> yeah. I was like super hard and fast about like, you don't come into our bed. Like I needed time not being mm-hmm. touched. Mm-hmm. What, mm. what was funny was when we had Ethan is that the girls were older. Mm-hmm. So he'd come in our room, you'd hear his little fit. And I'd be like, no, he'd run and get in bed with his sisters. I'm like, I don't even care. <laughs> I'm not being touched and that's fine. You know, but if you use all your touch up on your kids, mm-hmm. you have none for your husband. And so it is your responsibility to make sure that you're reserving some for your husband mm-hmm. um, to the best that you can. Yeah. But it is yeah. a hard season, but it's just that. It's just a season. Yeah. Um, and talk about it. Make sure you're talking right. about it with oh, your husband yeah. and That's saying, good. look, I can't wait till I want you again and I yeah. want to be with you again. Yeah. Give, reassure him because it's a lot of times we talk about just the mom because of all the changes she's got through. But as the guy, you have this woman that wanted nothing but you. And all of us, and now all of a sudden, right, it's different. You're like you're fourth bottom priority. Of the totem yeah, yeah. Totally. You're like, whoa, yeah. what yeah. happened? Um, and so you're vulnerable, right? Your marriage is vulnerable. And again, that's where self-control comes in again. Right. And and guys, you need to know this. I mean, there's a period of time after a woman has a baby where they're, they should not have sex. The, mm-hmm. you know, the vagina is healing. Uh, I mean, you just need to be prepared Sometimes for that. Sometimes more right. damage than yeah. others. I mean, yeah. You gotta, yeah. And then there's the exhaustion. Oh, yeah. There's the figuring out. Like, I had the hardest time with our third one, like breastfeeding. And it, I had like all kinds of infection and it, and so I was like, I need no one to be in a three foot radius yeah. of me because mm-hmm. it hurts me to feel mm-hmm. the air pass mm-hmm. by me. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So, but it's a season. The, the thing about it's, I think it says frequency is difficult. Um, that That is true, but you do have some choice in that, I would say. And what's mm. important is making sure that you're being intentional about that choice. Mm -hmm. I see so many moms, like it's important to love your kids. It's important that you have to care for them, but you, Mm -hmm. it not at the expense of your husband completely like, Mm -hmm. and so how do you do that in a healthy way of scheduling? Like 
you know, on Wednesday nights that Matt and I do that now on Wednesday, we go on day because Ethan's at church, but like, you know, figuring out a time when they're super little, like you probably don't get a once in once a week date night, maybe, maybe date night looks like, mm-hmm. and the kids know, Hey, on Friday night, you, everyone mm-hmm. goes to bed at this time. And mm-hmm. you're so that you're leaving some reserve there for mm-hmm. your spouse. Mm-hmm. And in your mind going into it, like starting from the second you get up, you know, tonight it's happening yeah. and you're working your mind up mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. I just saw this study on the Today Show. I don't have the stats. I meant to look it up, but it, it talked about couples um, who schedule sex actually say that they have a better sex life than couples that don't. Hmm. And they had all these stats for it, but it is because in your yeah. mind, and I, I'm not about, all, I mean, scheduling it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm not that. like it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, but Tuesday, but when you Tuesday. know in your mind there's an intention. Yeah, well, you're you're aligning your in, intentions mm-hmm. with it, yeah. and so I think that is important to say, like, yeah. you know, this is a priority mm-hmm. in my life, and and like other things, if you don't plan it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and like so, you said, yeah. being intentional, loving your kids is all consuming mm-hmm. and all, I mean, it can, it just, it's never ending. And mm-hmm. so one of the ways I like what you said there, being yeah. intentional and saying, I actually am going to love my kids in the way of mm-hmm. putting up mm-hmm. a, a line. No, okay. We're going to. Well, and you know, it's interesting. We talked about, we celebrated 23 years this week. Right. Um, our two oldest this week sent us in our family group chat. Thank you guys for staying married. Thank you that you love each mm. other. Like on, they're on the other side of this now of mm. looking back mm-hmm. and they appreciate that they weren't always first in our life, sure. yeah. that they, That's we good. did make each other such a priority now and they're old enough to go. Yeah. That's why they did those things because mm. it mattered, you know, and here's the truth. They're out of the house now, like parents who the world and moms who like everything is the kids at the expense of the husband. Well, your kids leave. Two of our kids have left. And you know, if if we don't have something between the two of us, that's a really hard place to be. And you're making Mm -hmm. that investment now into it. And you're showing your kids how to do that. You know, we're having very grown up conversations with our girls now as they're like dating and thinking about what does it look like to get married? And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have something to look back on mm-hmm. to try to yeah. help them yeah. do that in healthier ways. And guys, ways. you know, I mean, during that season, um, and I, you know, I was clueless like most guys when we got married. And Were I'm, you? Yeah. No. <laughs> and so like on Valentine's Day one year, no. <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day one year, I surprised Tammy and I had rose petals that went up to the to the bedroom. So we had a, we had a staircase and there was rose petals all the way up to the bedroom. And I remember as she was walking up the stairs, she rolled her eyes because what she's thinking is it's, it's Valentine's day. He just wants sex. So I, 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 I did rose petals up, up to the bedroom like, for me? and then she got up there <laughs> and, for? Yeah. and uh, I had a hot bath poured mm. and I, I think I had a, like a glass of wine and then I had a message in a bottle and then I left. I took the kids With and left. The, the I took three the kids. little kids. That's so I left. Wow. And so she was like, They got home. I'm like, I've never been so turned on in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we did. We, yeah, we had, we had great sex later that night. <laughs> but what it was saying is, is I value you as my love. And we'd been having mm-hmm. issues with intimacy because, you know, the kids are terrible. Like, you say intimacy? <laughs> intimacy? Yeah. So it's just tough, you know. Uh, um, you know, the, during that time, so, mm-hmm. right, there's stages of life. So Tammy's dad had died. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Her mom was dating. That was, mm. that was a challenge for us. We had our third kid. Mm-hmm. The church was growing and I was having all kinds of conflict with our staff. Mm-hmm. So like at that period of time, we had seven people on staff at that period. None of them are with us anymore. Wow. Yeah. And it was, I'm the only one left. And, yeah. and what's hilarious is I'm the one I asked God to take. I'm like, God, yeah. take me out. Get Just me out of here. Get me out yeah. of here. <laughs> Sandals is not for me. Um, and it was mm-hmm. a really, really tough time for mm-hmm. us, and yet we survived it because I realized, like, one of the ways, especially for guys, is you, the wife needs to know that you value her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. n- you know, don't use her, uh, and that's where, yeah. again. Like, I'm not for masturbation, but I would rather you masturbate than your wife feel used, because that that does such harm mm-hmm. to her and to you. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not ta- I'm not excusing. Um, looking at things, pornography right, or viewing right. anything or fantasizing. I'm just literally talking about, you need to put your wife's needs first. And if she's exhausted and she's mm. tired and she's not interested and you and that train, right, is going, look, love your wife and say, and, and, and at some point you need to talk about that because you don't want to have secrets. Yeah. Well, and and here's a, I'm sorry. No, I go ahead. Off, but like ways to, to get to where you want to go yeah. are, help clean up the kitchen, get it done in half the time so that she's not exhausted help because there were seasons in our marriage and Matt knows this. And we've walked with so many people where I felt like I had four kids. I'm Mm. like, Mm. I'm also cleaning up all of your laundry all over the floor. I'm also Mm. doing all of your, everyone left the kitchen. I cooked, I'm clean. Okay. And I'm doing, you know, so like, the more that Matt has in the last 10 years of our marriage, you know, like I'll, I'll do the dishes, all whatever, that leaves some reserve in my tank, mm. guys. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, that's really good. and that's in his best interest. Yeah. But, and yeah. dads, it's important that you involve the kids. We could, we could have done a better huh. job at involving the kids in cleanup. Yeah. That's good. You're not doing your kids any favors by serving them. You're actually mm. destroying them. Mm. We serve God, not our kids. Mm-hmm. That's good. So you've got to Man, involve that's your so kids. Good. That's so hard right now. Yeah, in this because season. because <laughs> kids kids are a pain in the butt. Yeah, they do a bad and it, job and they whine about it. Right. That's well, a regret I have. Is that yeah. interesting? I was like, well, I can just do it better. I have yeah. a lot of one in me from the Enneagram. Interesting. And now you know, Ethan is sixteen. He's gonna move out in two yeah. years. I'm assuming to some degree. And I'm like, he he. I've taught him to do nothing. Cause I'm like, I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I am fast tracking right now, teaching my son how to do things he needs to know how to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause I'm good. not going to be there for him. Well, <laughs> like wanna, like wanna, if your son's 18 and he can't fry an egg. That's not good. That's not good. And that's, 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 not good. The, that's where we were going. <laughs> like, yeah. so now I'm Did you, like, okay, yeah. just so you know, in England, they actually sell in England. Yeah. Pre-fried eggs. So you, you go to the store and you buy it. It's fried you just, and you just put it in the microwave. Because okay. young people in England today don't know how don't know how to cook an egg. Something tells me I could get that at the ninety nine cent store right yeah. now, though. <laughs> like we may have already done that Over here, here as well. Yeah. Well, I, what I hear you saying in this and kind of in this question, it seems like it's more her burden to have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But what you guys are talking about is you get talk yeah. about it, come yeah. up with a plan together. together. Mm-hmm. If it's hey, let's divide and conquer some of these mundane things to yeah. leave a reserve. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really, really good. Establishing some boundaries with the kids. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to speak into that one more thing yeah. though, is that 
you know, the, the working dynamics of, however, that's different in every home. I mean, we had seasons where I worked while we were planning the church and Matt was home with the girls, um, seasons when I was home and he would, you know, go bust his butt for 40 hours a week, you know, and then come home and he's done, you know? And so one of the tricky dynamics, which does play into a sex life is like, oh, you worked all day and you come home and now you get to be off the clock. Well, I also worked all day, yeah. even if I was it home and different. like, yeah. and so to figure out like how mm. to stay in the game, whoever's working full time, how to stay in the game when you come home, because it's both of your lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, well, you worked all day. And so every other job is mine. Like, mm-hmm. There's nothing that is a cold shower to me (laughs) than feeling like I'm everybody's slave in my home. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the maid and the servant and the means to an end, Mm -hmm. you know, like (laughs) nothing more makes me want to engage less physically with Matt when I feel like that, when I'm a means to an end Mm -hmm. or I just had to do all of the home life stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know there are husbands that do that too. Like if you know, you have to figure out how to figure out how to both take care of the needs of the home. Mm-hmm. It cannot just be on one person, even if they're the stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. or stay-at-home dad, because that is a job all day long. I mean, when yeah. I used to stay home, when you stayed home, the second I'd get home from school teaching, Matt was like, thank God you're home. I'm, I'm so done. I'm like, well, I'm so done. I just yeah. taught for yeah. seven hours, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so it might mean like I just need an hour to chill like when I used to come home from teaching I would go crawl in my bed mm-hmm. and take a nap and then come down I'm like okay I'm ready, I'm ready. to yeah. to be yeah. here figure that out but you cannot leave the home life to one person otherwise when it that's comes good. to the sex life there's no reserve yeah, yeah that's and, really and vice versa you know talk about with your husband if your husband is the primary income earner he may want 10 minutes to shower get his clothes off mm-hmm. like if your mm-hmm. if your husband works if your husband has to wear a suit to work the first thing he might not need is the kid's snot boogers and Play-Doh all over his suit. So give him a chance to go upstairs, sneak in the back, get his clothes off. Now get his dad clothes on and come downstairs to be dad and and just have those conversations. Mm -hmm. And so many of the fights that we have are because of unspoken expectations. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. So Uh, that's really good. All right. So this weekend's sermon was around the topic of adultery. And we have some very specific questions about Mm. people dealing with the fallout from adultery and their marriages in different ways. Uh, So this first one um, comes in honestly says, my wife has been having affairs for years and I just found out we've been attending church every week, been baptized and joined a community group. All this made me believe that she would never do something like this again. Mm. The day I found out, she asked me to forgive her and promised she would do whatever it takes to change. Mm. I've been asking God if I should stay or go. I've been reading the Bible and I came across Matthew 532, which says, but I say that a man who divorces his life, unless she's been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. Is God telling me to leave? It's so hard to listen to God when there's so much confusion in my heart. Yeah. So you have biblical permission to leave your wife. However, uh, permission from God is not direction from God. Mm. So what you need to do is ask God mm, for direction. You're emotionally hurt. You're wounded. Your wife is a serial cheater. I mean, that's what she is. If what you're yeah. saying is correct, she's a serial cheerleader, which means there's a problem. There's a deep, mm-hmm. deep level of brokenness here. Yeah. Um, your wife needs to not just be faithful to you, but she needs to learn how to be faithful to herself. Because when a person, specifically a woman, is engaging in this, they're being used. They are being repeatedly used by men that are mm-hmm. taking advantage mm-hmm. of her. And so there's something broken inside. Uh, I would say this is not just about sex addiction. This this is about this something's wrong. Yeah. And so you need to if you want to stay with your wife, you're gonna have to walk through this with her to help her. Um because for whatever reason, 
she is correlating sex with men with validation and meaning to herself. There's some, there's some connection here that's, that's broken. I mean, she could be a sex addict. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, but typically women become sex addicts, sex addicts for different reasons than men. Mm -hmm. So, um, here's what I would say is if you divorce her, I would bless that. If you stay with her, I would bless that. I would encourage Mm -hmm. you to seek God's direction. Um, and really try to hear from God. In the end, I, and I, I don't want to sway you either way, but I'll just tell you, if there's any way you guys can stay together and work it out, that's the best thing. Mm-hmm. If there's any way that that can happen. Yeah. Now, what you don't want to do is make her a slave to you for the rest of her life because and have some dysfunctional relationship where you're God and she's the holding servant, this over. holding yeah. it over her head. Yeah. And that's what some people do is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to imprison us both for the rest of our life. So... um. Back to, hold on, back to your other question is, if you divorce her and she remarries, is she an adulterer? Yes. Yes. Because, yeah. uh, and I know that's really hard for a lot of our our divorced couples to hear, but yes, it's adultery. Mm. So it's a sin. Now, can there be healing? Can there be forgiveness? Can there be grace? Yes. But to not call it adultery, I mean, that's like saying, you know, I'm not going to call mm. cancer, cancer. I don't know how that's helpful. Yeah. Right. It still could go. Yeah. You know, you, you your mm. wife is an adulterer. Whether you stay married or she gets remarried, she's an adulterer. Mm. Um, here's the beauty. The woman who was caught in the act of adultery, there was grace for even her from Jesus. You have to decide what is God calling you to do. Now, if you're a codependent, you're probably mm. going to want to fix the marriage. That's Codependency is not the right reason to fix a marriage. Christ is the right reason. That's so good. you may have to get healthy. Yeah, You may have to get right. And a lot of people use this overinflated sense of religiosity and superiority to stay in dysfunctional relationships. Mm. God doesn't want you to be in a dysfunctional relationship. He wants you to be in a righteous relationship. Mm-hmm. And what that means is both your wife and you need healing. Mm-hmm. And again, I, Tammy and I've seen this mistake over and over again. Just because one spouse commits adultery doesn't mean both don't need healing. Yeah. yeah. So e- even if, even if let's say, and, and this rarely happens, one spouse is 99.9% responsible for the problem. If the other spouse doesn't learn their one tenth of mm-hmm. percent of the problem, the mm-hmm. relationship will never will be never, what God's yeah. called it to be. That's good. I was going to say, that's what's tricky is when adultery happens, you can say like, oh my gosh, look what they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that part about mm-hmm. her needing to figure out, like I'm going to, it's to fill something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not about the sex I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So to figure out what it's about. Well, then the, the counterpart to that, which may or may not be a thing, but it's it's definitely important to explore is, okay, you know, is she really needy of knowing that she's valued? Mm-hmm. Could you... Oh, Make yeah. it yeah. known that she, maybe that's something you're not doing in a way that communicates to her. I'm not uh-huh. saying it's your fault or you deserved it, but you know what? How can you help to 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 bring that part of it in? Is mm-hmm. is you know? I'm not saying when someone cheated on they deserved it, but sometimes, and we've seen this before. There's a lack of something happening in the relationship that that person's inappropriately getting filled somewhere right. else, mm. and that's just a real conversation to have. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry. I'll be praying so, for you. Yeah, it's and really and hard. again, this is why you need to be in a community group. This is why you need to go through yeah. soul care. You, you know, you you need, you need to you. you need yeah. to hear from God and have hope. I mean, this is what Matt and I could both attest to that we have seen situations like this, even much worse, where God can redeem and do amazing things in a marriage if mm. if there's choice yeah. to do the hard work, choice to have the hard conversations, choice to receive mm-hmm. the hard 
feedback. That's good. And choice to forgive because forgiving is is hard and to move on and say, I've forgiven you. We don't look back. We move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we have seen it happen yeah. numerous times where God does an amazing, incredible thing. And people, it's hard to imagine would say, I'm glad yeah. for the hard parts. Mm-hmm. I'm glad mm-hmm. for this because it, it forced us to deal with things we wouldn't have. It yeah. forced us yeah. to have real conversations yeah. and we would never have the depth of relationship we have now. So, so, so there is hope to be had if, if you're willing to engage in, yeah. in yeah. the hard work of it. Well, with that, we talk about all the time, you know, this, this um, vision of being real and being honest and, and bringing other people into your story. We talk about it all the time in, um, so, you know, the, the vision of our small groups is to have a place to be real and work out what right. we're learning and that sort of thing. This next question is an interesting one. Um, anonymous. Uh, it says, before my husband and I got married, I was unfaithful and we dealt with it, with the hurt and the pain that comes along with that. We confided and trusted Christian friends to help us get through it. And my husband decided to forgive me and we moved on and are now happily married. Only our trusted Christian friends know about my infidelity. None of our family members know due to my husband's being a private person and wanting to, uh, not wanting my family to know. In your sermon, you spoke about confessing our sin to God, telling Christian friends about it, and seeking wise counsel to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I know in past sermons, you've spoke about being open with our sin and how important it is to be real with God, self, and others in that. Is my husband and I keeping my infidelity from other from our families, keeping us from fully being real with ourselves and others? No, because, you know, let's just praise God that your husband forgave you and stayed yeah, with you. Huge. I think that's it's awesome. important that one of the ways that you can honor him um, is by uh, keeping him from any perceived shame or embarrassment from his family. So keeping it is now, not... Now, if the roles were reversed, let's say the husband was the one that cheated and he mm. said, I don't want my parents to know. I would say what we need to do is we always need to honor the victim. Hmm. Who's who's the person that's been victimized by this sin? Sure. It's not it's what not the perpetrator. The perpetrator. We don't we don't protect perpetrators. We we don't do that. We mm. don't protect the one that's done the sin. But mm. we do. So if if I cheat on Tammy, I don't get to tell Tammy. I don't want you to tell anyone. Now if you Tammy says that, right? if yeah. Tammy says I don't well I, I anyone you need to confess to someone. Someone needs sure. to know. And she said trusted friends know. So she's good. Mm, she's yeah. good. There's a difference between secrecy and privacy. So she, mm, that's good. They have not been secretive, but they are private, and that's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's okay. And so the yeah. other struggle is, you know, you worry about, you know, what kids knowing or this or that, and yeah. um, well, and just because her husband forgave her doesn't mean that his family will. Yeah, too. And that's mm. a whole. Oh yeah, and yeah, aspect that yeah. Again, and I would, I would honor your husband in that, mm-hmm. and um, being private isn't isn't a problem or isn't the sin. I and I think that. Mm. As situations lead, you may have an opportunity where being real about it is appropriate or beneficial. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You know, we've had we've walked through this with people, mm-hmm. and there was a time where keeping it private was very necessary, mm. and then there became a time where saying, "Hey, you know," then you weren't equipped to handle the information, but you are now, and here's why it matters that you know. And it, so that may become a thing at some point, mm-hmm. and that's good for them. The, the thing you, that they're always wanna to navigate together is if they're feeling scared of people, of their family finding out, then hmm. to, to ask themselves, okay, is that is that keeping us trapped? 
Hmm. You know, if it becomes about a secret and not being private and they're feeling trapped by that of like, what if our family found out? Well, that is a door for the enemy to be putting shame on something Hmm. that God's healed. And so just, just to navigate that as it comes up of, you know, um, if it becomes less about being private and more about keeping a secret, Mm. then trusting that God, that you you are free in that. Yeah, so it's gonna be really hard for you guys to serve in a ministry at Sandals Church to help couples reconcile if your family doesn't know. So so that's that's the problem. So if God's calling you to a ministry you know, your family needs to hear it from you first and not from, hey, why why on the Sermon on Adultery were you on stage yeah. sharing your testimony, right? That's not that's yeah, not fair that's family. Good. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is being real and being yeah. able to experience it. It's not just telling everyone no. all the time, yeah. always. No. no. Yeah. yeah. Well, you talk about that. We like, would say exactly. that you need to be, you don't need to be real with everybody about everything, but you need to be real with somebody about right. everything. Yeah. That's good. I love that. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to, um, this last segment of the show here is going to be um, really about the effects of porn and how mm. that affects marriages and sexuality and all that. Uh, so this first question comes in from Andy, Andy Moss, I'm going to guess. Yeah, um, it is. I was like, Andy and Annie's the next one. Are these yes. real? Or? Those, those are Andy Moss, Annie mm, Moss. Yeah. If the, here's the thing. I had a little Toy Story real... flashback, I have to be honest. Andy, yeah. Andy. Here's the problem though. There there probably is an Andy Moss oh, out yeah. there. Who's asked a and lot he's like, of whoa, questions whoa. on the D-Ring. He's asked like, a lot. I am not. Those aren't and all Annie, my problems. What are yeah. The, yeah, what are the yeah, this is not Andrew Moss. Yeah. yeah that's a different <laughs> one. Sorry, Andrew. <clears throat> yeah. So Andy Rodin said, you've recently been speaking about pornography and how we need to confess it and turn away from it. This sin has been a struggle for me since I was a child. Mm-hmm. I've also confessed this sin to people, including those in my small group, saying I want to break free from it and even asking people to hold me accountable, to which no one has really done anything. It just doesn't seem to help or work. I will do good for a little while and then mess up again. Whenever I think I'm doing really well is when I mess up. I want to overcome this sin and see how it is harming me and those around me. How did you overcome this struggle in your life and how have you seen effective accountability actually play out? Mm. Yeah, well, let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you. You need to get to Men's Sexual Freedom Group on Tuesday nights and you need to never miss. Mm -hmm. So um, just just know this is is an addiction for you. I mean, your battle, Mm -hmm. this is for your soul. This is for your life and and you need to, you need to break free. Um, So, so that's, that's the first thing. So Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we talked about it in the last episode, the steps for healing really are to recognize what I'm doing is wrong um, and then to recognize the consequences for what I'm doing. So think about Mm -hmm. like, what is the consequence of me doing this? And then the third step is really agreeing with God. And so the reason that I don't look at porn anymore is not because of accountability. It's not because of some steps. It's because I actually came to the place in my life where I thought it was wrong. I mean, that's the reason I don't smoke cigarettes. Mm. I actually like the smell (laughs) of um, cigarettes. Yeah. I don't know why I do. I like the smell of nicotine. I hate it. Yeah. So, well, it's a good thing I don't smoke, but I don't, I don't, um, I don't not smoke because I'm not drawn to the smell of burning tobacco. Mm. I don't smoke because I think it's bad. Mm. That's why I don't do it. And well, so it's dangerous for you. It yeah, has and so, a consequence. And so, yeah. Right. So that's what I was saying is if you can get to the place where you genuinely agree that, okay, this is, I actually care about myself. I care about my relationship with whomever it is I'm going to be with eventually. And I care about my relationship with God and this thing is destroying what I really want. And, and then you're gonna agree with God and you, you know, um, you know, for years I used to have, uh, what is that thing I had on my phone and my computer? Oh, the Covenant, covenant Eyes. I had Covenant, covenant eyes. eyes for years. And then I told yeah. Tammy, I was like, I don't, I don't need it anymore. We're like, we're good. 
Mm. So the only person that looks inappropriate stuff on my computer is her. Drives me nuts. So I'm like, I'm that like, I'm sounds like, like something it's well, not. I, but, to like, you, okay, but you research. She's like, oh, I'm gonna Google this story. I'm like, what the heck is? Why is there an underwear ad on my computer? And it's her. So, um, um, well, it freaks me out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I would do is I would get in Tuesday nights and get around guys who are in the battlefield mm. and, and, and get in there with them and, and get guys that truly understand you and are truly going to hold you accountable because you're not in accountability. If people don't hold you accountable, you're just right. not. Right. And so you need to get in that sexual men's freedom group. And I don't want to hear, I work on Tuesday nights, change your freaking job. Yeah. Like this is your soul. Yeah. This is your soul. There's going to be a lot of people on judgment day. I would have loved to have gone to heaven, but I had to work on Tuesdays. It's like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Come on, man. What I mean, is it worth? Yeah. You know, like Jesus went to the cross for you. Certainly you can rearrange your schedule. Mm. And you just, I mean, you go to your supervisor yeah. and you say, I'm battling addiction and it meets on Tuesday nights and we're going to. What can we do? What can we do? Yeah, what can we do? You humble yourself. Uh, because in the end, mm. you know what addiction does? It, it costs you everything. We mm. just have a, a good friend of ours that lost everything because of addiction. Everything. What the Proverbs say, reduced to a crust, a crust of bread, yes. right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So um, th- that's what I would say. And so for me, uh, again, my battle was, and I remember specifically Tammy and I were in college and... Um, you know, they didn't have computers. God, I sound like a dinosaur. <laughs> we didn't have computers. Back so then. I had a magazine or something in my dorm room and Tammy and I were dating and I wrote on my Bible, we went to Harvest together and I was like, please, Lord, help me with my, I don't know what I wrote. Well, her mom in her house is going through my Bible and there's this note <laughs> and she's like, who's is this? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, <laughs> and it was totally mine. And, you know, again, that's oh, where the vision man. of being real comes from because yeah. I wasn't comfortable telling Tammy yeah. Hey, man, I'm looking at this. I wasn't comfortable telling somebody at church. And and, mm. and even when I was caught with the confession, you know, right. um, I wasn't real. And so that's where the vision of Sandals Church comes from. It's creating an environment where you can be with people. Mm. And and you have to you have to be with people who, you know, um, like Dan Zimbardi is our executive pastor. I can tell Dan anything. Mm. We talk about anything. And then through that process about what out of that do I need to tell Tammy? Because some things mm. that I would, would tell, it's going to wound her. It's going to cause her to go in. A, like now we're two tornadoes going down. And so how sure. do we figure out how to communicate that? Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and so that's what I would say is get with a group of guys who understand you and figure out a way because Tammy needs to know, yeah. but I need to process, you know, how she knows whatever, yeah. um, except when she confronts me at midnight and I have to confess at 6 a.m. I can, you know, I can't fit Dan <laughs> into the equation. Sure. So, um, Probably but, good. but that's what Dan I would say, say is yeah. get to yeah. get <laughs> to sexual freedom groups on Tuesday nights. Get yeah, it there. sounds like it needs to be more. There's maybe an expectation of the accountability coming from his community group that mm-hmm. maybe they're just not equipped or even know. Like, well, I don't know. What do you What do you need yeah. from us? Whereas that sexual freedom group is mm-hmm. far more established and equipped to ask those yeah. questions that probably need to be asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So this next one though is going to have sort of a different side to it. So it's from Annie Moss. Yeah. Who says, uh, she's Annie's really wife. struggling yeah. with porn. And she says, I'm a woman. So there's a lot of shame within my mm. sin. I've reached out to community for help, but porn addiction as a woman is not something that's largely talked about. There's not currently a, me- a women's sexual freedom yeah. group. We're trying. Yeah. yeah. She says, I feel like a fraud in my faith and I hate it. Mm. How can I take more steps toward healing? Yeah. Yeah, the first thing you need to do, and and man, you need you need a real strong woman you could talk to. I would go talk to Soul Care because yeah. they sign confidenti- confidentiality oh, yeah. agreements. So I would go to Soul Care. I mean, we'll fire somebody if somebody Soul Care is telling people about your business, they're fired. Yeah. So just right. just know that. I mean, they they share your junk at their own peril. Right. So now they are allowed to share up. 
So yeah. like, if you're going to hurt somebody, hurt yourself, like you're like, so just know mm-hmm. that they, right. they can tell me and they're not getting fired. So, um, or they can tell their supervisor or whatever, but right. they're not allowed to sit around coffee and be like, you're never going to believe what Stephanie was doing. <laughs> um, so here's what I would say is, you know, 33% of all pornographic viewing is by women. So it's a bigger problem than we think. Yeah. Still largely dominated by men, 70%, you know, or 67% versus 33%. But mm. it is a huge problem yeah. for women. And and again, so here's the issue with pornography is, um, and, and I don't, you know, um, one of the challenges, uh, hopefully this is okay, we'll edit this if you're not okay with me sharing this. One of the challenges that we faced with sexual intimacy early on in our marriage was Tammy would say, I feel like you're not present. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. as I process that, here's the problem with pornography. You're not present. Mm. You're watching somebody else have sex and you're using your hand or something else and you're creating a fantasy in your mind. And so you train your mind over and over again that in order to climax and experience an orgasm, I have to go somewhere else. Hmm. Yeah, And then that occurs in the process of real intimacy. And that's one of the things that horrified me about porn. I was like, good Lord. Like if you would have told me when I was 15 years old, hey, this magazine is gonna make you not be with a real woman. I'm like, huh! I mean, I would have yeah. thrown it at you like, yeah. and that's what it does. Yeah. It, it, it causes you to not be able to be present. Yeah. And so, just know that what you crave is intimacy with a man. The other thing is, are you judging your own body in comparison to all the women's bodies? And mm-hmm. you know, most porn uh, uh, actresses are 18 to 19 years old. It's mm-hmm. disgusting how young they are, right? It's all the barely mm-hmm. 18 sites. So now you're judging yourself and you're, I don't know how old she is, but you're right, you're saying, I don't look like her. I don't mm-hmm. look like that. I can't do that. Well, I don't watch NBA basketball games and go, why can't I do that? Well, yeah. So why would you watch porn? And you're like, mm. you know, and, and what these guys do, and we used to have a ministry called JC's Girls and I'd interview the guys. Guys, they inject things into their penis mm. so that they could, because, and the reason why is because they no longer, uh, the blue pill, what's it called? Uh, Viagra. Viagra. Viagra no longer works. Mm. They are no longer stimulated by anything. So they have mm. to inject the chemicals straight into their penis so that they can have an erection so that they, they can do that. And, yeah. and and it's because it's not real in yeah. any way. And it robs, uh, we had some friends years ago that were involved in like the hookup scene. Uh, I wouldn't say porn scene, but- and It was like um, swingers. Swingers or, or swapping. Like and they're, yeah. They could not get their sex life right. And ultimately mm. they, they, got, they got divorced because one was just, they they were just a mess, mm-hmm. and it's because they 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 watched porn, they experienced yeah. voyeurism, you know, and and they did all these things to to enhance and it, and it ultimately rob mm-hmm. that. So just say what you want is real intimacy. You yeah. want to have sex with a real guy, I assume, or she could be watching uh, girl on girl porn. I don't. She doesn't mm-hmm. say. Um, both are devastating to you, mm-hmm. but what you mm-hmm. want is a real relationship, and you want to find real healing. So I would say be praying for the group that we need to get started. Um, Go to Soul Care immediately and just talk to that person Mm -hmm. and let us as a church help hook you up maybe with a sex therapist, a psychologist, Mm -hmm. somebody that, you know, that's the beauty of paying for confidentiality, right? Yeah. (laughs) Here you go. Here's what's going on. And let's begin to work through Mm -hmm. the steps for you as a person to find healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's exactly like what you said to Andy Moss of, you have to believe it's not good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that same answer I think applies either way. Yeah, apparently heroin's really fun. 
Someone, yeah. somebody was saying so, right. that to us recently yeah. about like, but, well, that's why people love heroin because it gives you that same feeling, yeah. like orgasm mm. and yeah, ecstasy, um, and you'll uh, do yeah. anything yeah. for it. Yeah, but it also burns holes in your skull. So. Right, mm. and so you have to believe it's bad for you, no matter what. Yeah, same, right. same for this. It's, but it's burning holes in what you believe is true. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things that you had shared with me early on was like. I had this idea of what sex was going to be like, and it's not actually that way. Mm. And an so, um, is that you? Is it me? You know, kind of yeah. a deal because yeah. you, you yeah. had a lot of misconceptions about. Yeah, so I'm probably way too real, but <laughs> we had that things. ministry called JC's Girls, and I can't remember where we were, but we were alone with a couple of uh, two porn stars and one stripper. I started firing questions away. So, do you mm. like this? Do you like that? Do you like? And they were like, no, no, no. Mm. I'm like, well, why do you do it? Do you know what their answer was? We get paid. Yeah. My job. We get paid. Wow. And, and here's the thing. The gross, uh-huh. the grosser stuff, they get more money for. Wow. Yeah. And I, I was like, ugh. Yeah. And so what you, wasn't you know what that shared, or what was the truth you were talking about? Like it's that- Assume like, truth. Assume yeah. truth. Like, yeah. oh, they're, they're building that's a whole world where everyone is. thinks, oh, right. this is how everyone's yeah. having sex. Yeah. And you think you either fall short or mm-hmm. that's what it's supposed to look like or that's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do. Into but that. Yeah. it's not what people actually really like or want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you've created this whole workup from, because right. you, you only know what you know. Mm-hmm. All you know is porn. Yeah. You know, we heard, I I'm not, I can't remember who it is, but some rock star, I feel like it was John Mayer, but I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. He's he done he an rather, interview yeah. and he said he's watched so much porn that he doesn't, he's not interested in having real sex yeah, now. I, and I that, um, yeah. that he, he like can't even mm-hmm. have yeah. like, yeah, that it's. it's so here's a guy that can have the most beautiful women in the world. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not like a God's yeah. way. Like not he's trying to do a God's way. That's like, right. here's really what this is. Yeah. This is what this has done to me. He's a British comedian. Same, same thing. Talking about how. He's, he's realized there, that the uh, the Christian church might be onto something, that his mind is so fried for how much pornography yeah. he's watched, he has no attraction anymore at all. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, yeah it's it's fascinating. Even the yeah. world is catching on to some of these things. Yeah. Um, let's keep the questions coming. Yeah, um, two more. Go two, for I was it. like, man, <laughs> this is like the yeah. marathon. Yeah. Episode. We're doing great. <laughs> We're doing great. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. So Tiffany wrote in and says, my husband watches pornography and it bothers me a lot. Once upon a time, we used to engage in this and viewed it as part of a normal sex life. I've since changed my views after becoming a Christian. How do I follow what God has told us to do in regards to fulfilling each other's sexual needs when I'm married to a man who thinks watching pornography is perfectly fine? As a new follower of Christ, I'm struggling to explain and show my husband that what we used to do together was bad and not healthy. He doesn't think he has a problem, and I know that it can't be fixed until he admits that he does. But how do I even begin to work on this where do i start well so i'm assuming he's not a christian i don't know we all i think she said they're both i cut part of the question i think he's like also a new believer but not to the point that she's at where he's convicted by this well if he oh well okay so if he's not a christian what what you need to say is leave god out of it and say it bothers me as your wife Mm -hmm. Hmm. don't if you're if you're married to a non-christian don't play the god card it doesn't work Mm. you got you got one card and that's the spouse card Mm-hmm. This bothers me. This makes me uncomfortable. And I don't care whether your spouse is Christian or not. That should, If they're normal, that should bother them. Mm-hmm. Don't use the self-righteous God card because that's just going to make them hate God. Now you're mm-hmm. super righteous and, and now my sex life mm-hmm. sucks, right? Yeah. So, um, hmm. so what I would say is, you know, I found Christ. This is really uncomfortable for me. And literally w- viewing pornography is, uh, I mean... Go go back and look at the sin the, the sin of uh, uh, Noah and his sons. Mm. They viewed him naked. Who viewed him naked? Um, it's it's 
Oh, geez. The three sons of Noah yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something Japheth. I should know Him, this. Sh- I know I'm all. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm not even going to pretend uh, like spacing. I know I know. Yeah. So one of his sons, yeah, yeah, one gotcha. of his sons views him naked and laughs and goes and, and goes and skits the brothers to view them naked. They walk right. in backwards with a cloth over their shameful father. Right. And it's because to view somebody naked is, uh, after the fall, is, is, is to view their shame. Right. So, and, and so just understand that, um, you know, and that's not to say that there's an artwork and there isn't beauty, you know, um, there, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with David's statue, you know, I mean, like, but now if he has a giant erect penis, okay, now we got a problem. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I think anatomy is, it, it's, it's, right. it's okay to appreciate the beauty of what God has designed. Pornography is the sexualization of that and viewing it for your own mm-hmm. personal pleasure and getting yeah. off on it. Right. And that's the difference. And so what he's doing is, so if you're watching porn, you know, what if those people um, are, are married to someone else? So you're, you're viewing adultery. Mm-hmm. Um, and and here's, the, here's the bizarre thing for me. One of the things that changed me is I got challenged by a guy in my early twenties and I think it was Nathan Lewis mm-hmm. when we went to counseling with him, but he said, would you invite a couple off the street to come in and have sex on your sofa while you watched them. And I was like, no. He's mm. like, that's what you're doing every time you're watching porn. Mm. You're inviting some random stranger off the street into your house and you're saying, have sex at my pleasure. And it's he's like, it's just weird. Mm. But we give our, it's why, it's why sex picks is such a big deal now amongst young people. You do things on a computer screen because you disassociate from it. Right. So like all these girls yeah. that are, you know, a, a teenage yeah. girl that shows her breasts on a picture, if, if somebody, exposed her at school, mm-hmm. she would be extraordinarily embarrassed. And yet I hold up my phone and and now somehow, right. and that picture's gonna circulate everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it, it desensitizes us to a sense of shame. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's happening is you're saying, this mm-hmm. is not real, which it's it's not because it's a screen, but it, it is just, it's just as damaging. Mm-hmm. So I would express to him, this makes me uncomfortable and I feel like this is wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, Tammy told me, she said, you can have sex with me or porn, you choose. And I was like, um, okay, you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's very always been very direct and very clear, <laughs> which has been Hi. helpful. It's been very helpful. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, yeah. what I don't want, here's what I don't want new Christians to do. I don't want you to, pull the self-righteous, you know, like mm-hmm. oh, everything you used to love about a relationship, that's gone. Now I'm yeah. a follower of Jesus. So I think for a Christian, it, you know, it's wrong for you to continue to view it and for you to participate mm-hmm. in that. And just tell them, it makes me uncomfortable when you're viewing that and it arouses you and then you come use me. Mm-hmm. So I, what you're saying is I, I can't arouse you. Yeah. And that makes me uncomfortable. And I'm just a means to an end. For I'm a you. means yeah. to an end. Like I'm the only vagina in the house. So you're, you're using that image in my vagina. Mm. What I want you to do is use this image and my vagina. I want you to, I want you to be with me. I want mm. you to be into me. I want to be, I want to be the place where you are sexually satisfied yeah. and right, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. The problem is he may not know how to do that. So you need to go to sex therapy. You, you, like mm. you need to unlearn. There's a great book out and it's called What Porn Does to the Human Brain. Mm. And it's, you know, I'm a, kind of a nerd, so I love it, but it's like, basically 250 pages that scientifically says mm. it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Matt Brown, Just to sum it up. Yeah. but what it does is it <laughs> creates sexual pathways. And so think of the way we have sex, like, um, like let's say you're walking in a field and you're the first person that walks through the field, you press the grass down. Mm. You've created the first trail ever. Mm. Now you continue to walk over that. Now you walk over it every day. Now you walk over it multiple times a day. Now you drive your car down it. We have this 
entrenched path. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way our brain knows how to get off. Yeah. So what I have to do is create new pathways. And it's really, unfortunately, it's rewiring of the brain. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's what he's going to have to do. And if he loves you, he's going to need to do that because you guys, unfortunately, you're, for, you're forgiven by God, but you've still destroyed mm. sex. So how do we slowly, methodically rebuild yeah. sex? And one of the best ways to do is to encourage him to withhold for a period of time for prayer. Mm. Because man, the best way for, for a guy to be all into you is to withhold sex for a week, withhold, mm. but with both people's consent. Right. And that way, so, cause now what he needs to do is he needs to be able to be aroused by you mm. and be able to climax with you without the use of porn. And that has to happen. So the same amount of times we walk down the other path, now I got to walk down this path. I got to create a create new pathway. A new path. mm -hmm. right. Otherwise, um, you know, and that's what happens to John Mayer. John Mayer says right. what he, what actually has happened to him is he can't climax with a real woman because the road to orgasm he, he's traversed it so many times, it only goes to pornography. Yeah. And, and and here's the thing that's even grosser is guys feel shame getting off in front of a real person. They're used yeah. to the privacy of no one's watching me do right. this. Mm -hmm. It screws you up. So that's what I would do is say, hey, I really want this change. Let's get a sex therapist. Mm. Let's hold, withhold for a period of time, right? So we talked about guys every 72 hours. So you get two builds ups of those guys. Mm -hmm. Rocket Man, like seven days, yeah. he's ready, but he's all into you. Right. And, and we celebrate that and we mm -hmm. praise God for that. And and then you have to have the real conversation of, uh, can you think of me mm -hmm. when you're orgasming? Yeah. Can, you, can you be with me? And mm -hmm. that takes a painful, real, awful mm -hmm. conversations. But I want Tammy to feel mm -hmm. that when I'm with her, I'm with her mm -hmm. and I want to feel when she's with me, she's with me. Mm. There's nobody else in our bed. It's mm -hmm. just us. Yeah. And I can tell you as a young man who started viewing pornography at the age of eight years old, which just so you know, is the average age yeah. mm. that your child is exposed to porn. Mm. So I found it at eight years old. It's a true story. Uh, I cut out all the breasts and vaginas. It was a Playboy magazine. And I, pasted or taped them on my walls in my bedroom because I didn't want my parents to know what they were. So my mom came in and it was like, cause she'd never seen a breast or a vagina. She's like, uh, what are all what of these here? things on your wall? And I'm like, uh, things that I found. And, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I mean, guys, just, just to know, I had a friend, um, who was sexually active with, with, with multiple boys on our block from a very early age. Mm. And it was something that, and, and she, I think she was abused. She was viewing pornography. Those things were happening. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. every boy around me grew up with watching sex, having sex with, you know, this is pre-pubescent, mm -hmm. pre mm -hmm. like, right? So I, so then, sorry to go, to go off. I'm just trying to no, say that there's hope. Good. So then, uh, you know, in seventh grade, I have a, a, a prescription. I have a subscription mm -hmm. to a magazine that gets mailed to my friend's house. Like, so, so like, right. So I'm building this up yeah. mm -hmm. and then I get in college. I get my life with Christ. I have from eight to 19 years old pornography addiction where I'm mm -hmm. literally viewing porn every night and masturbating. Yeah. And now I'm going to do it God's way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> well, okay, that, well, right. So, so yeah. think, think about the path. So I have this huge 
And it's not, it's not, it's not that, right. What, ha- what happens when we start driving on that grass grows, right? Mm-hmm. That, that path will, will go wild again and yeah. close, but it takes time and I have to create a new path. And I just didn't have that language. Mm. Um, you know, and I think Nathan Lewis, Dr. Nathan Lewis helped us mm-hmm. out tremendously um, because one of the reasons guys are critical and people that view porn are critical you don't realize there's a director. They've written yeah. this out. Right. And they've done their research. They know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that feeds into our final question here in- Final question. Final question. We did this it, is guys. It. Thank God. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> this is so good, you guys, what, you're, what we're, what we're um, going over here. And in, you're talking about having to make those new inroads and those new paths, which is one thing, <clears throat> you know, when you're by yourself, yeah. you're not yeah. in a relationship. But how? Th- I think this question is, how do you do that? in a relationship, in a marriage. And so it says this, my husband and I have been married for a little over two years, 14 months into our marriage. uh, He disclosed that he had been watching porn for the past 10 months. Mm. Yeah, I felt betrayed, still struggled with uh, with hiding and lying to me. Uh, He got into soul care and has been in counseling for over two years now. Uh, to this day, I still catch him lying and hiding things from me. Mm. How am I supposed to move past this hurt when he continues to break my trust? Uh, what can I be doing on my end to make my marriage work? This is brutal, mm. but you have to reward honesty no matter how bad it hurts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The truth is he's so afraid of disappointing you. I mean, I'm guessing that yeah. he, he would rather lie to your face than admit to you what he's done. Yeah. And so what you have to do is, because uh, you know I'm married to- Careful now. Yeah. <laughs> my wife, my wife can't, my wife, not, you know, some people talk about you hide the elephant in the room. Tammy can't hide the ant in the room. Mm. And it comes from her, her upbringing. And so any lie, regardless of how small it is, is catastrophic to our relationship. So I have to quickly run to the truth mm-hmm. because it makes Tammy feel unsafe, unsecure, whatever. And so what, what you need to say is I value the truth more than your faithfulness right now. Mm. What we want is faithfulness, mm. but, mm. but you, don't, tr- you yeah. don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Right. So he needs to be able to say, and he needs to get in men's sexual freedom group. Mm-hmm. And guys mm-hmm. just know, man, um, with addiction, right? The, I wish every person that uh, got sober the first time mm. stayed sober. Mm-hmm. Mm. But most people, it takes a couple times. Yeah. Every now and then, right? God does a miracle, and I, I've yeah. heard those stories. You know, I gave my life to Christ, and I never drank again. Uh, we just we just had a friend that was over at our house, and he told me he was driving down the street, and he said, "God, I need you to take away my desire for alcohol." And he is weeping, and he says he never mm. drank again. Wow. Man, that's an inspirational story. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, right. It happened to him. Right. But you know, uh, you know, Jesus was born of a virgin. I'm not looking for that one again either. Right. right. So, so I mean, things happen, yeah. but that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen to you. For right. most of us, it takes a lot of work, and it takes, um, it just, it just, you know, um, like of training myself. Uh, you know, Tammy and I would go to Hawaii, and the girls' bathing suits—they're ridiculous. And so you see a, a nice girl with a nice butt in a, what do they call those? The, the G string. Yeah. And I, I literally would Down. see that and go, and I would, I would say out loud, mm. not for me, not for me. Mm. Just turn away, not for me, not for me. And you knew me. what he was talking about when he would say that? Well, I don't think I said it in front of her. That, okay. Because, you know, we'd had three kids. When we were, sure. we, we don't go to Hawaii much anymore, but when we were going, sure. you know, she's had three kids, you know, her body's different, you know, and it, it's just, 
you, you just, it's not for me. That's not for me. And just look away. Mm. And uh, I read Every Man's Battle. I think I read that yeah. in like 1994. And he talked about learning to control his eyes and just said, that's yeah. not for me. Well, that's that's yeah. that's nice looking. That's not for me. And what's happened is as I've learned to avert my eyes and I don't want to be gross. I so appreciate Tammy's body. I so appreciate her beauty. Like I, if we did this 15 years ago, I'm not sure she could honestly look you guys in the face and say, I feel beautiful when I'm with Matt. I feel loved. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's into me. And so here's mm -hmm. what happens when Tammy's mm -hmm. body's the only body I see and it's the only body I crave. Yeah. And guys, the best gift you can give your sex life is for your wife to feel confident. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you want to screw your sex life up, make your wife feel fat, unloved, and gross. Like, yeah. dude, <laughs> yeah. I am just telling you, true, you, you, you just, you just <laughs> pooped, you pooped on your own front porch. Yeah. And, and some guys do that every day and they complain about their sex life. When Tammy feels loved, safe, and beautiful by me, mm. that's our best intimacy. Mm -hmm. If she feels criticized, if she feels like I'm gazing somewhere else or I'm after mm -hmm. someone else, man, it's devastating. And, and vice versa, you know? I mean, um, one of, I think, my struggles early on with intimacy was if I give myself completely to Tammy, remember, I'm a three. Right. What happens if she rejects me? Mm -hmm. So my, my core issue is shame. Yeah. So in the depth of who I am, mm. I'm going to hold back because if I go all in, mm. I'm vulnerable yeah. and I'm afraid. So that's my high eight, my high three. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is, right, I'm going to keep her at, I'm going to keep her at distance to protect myself. But really mm. what it did is it hurt us. And so I had to go, okay, I'm going to go first. I'm mm. going to die first. And, um, you know, in our early on our marriage, when she was, questioning deeply whether or not she'd made the right choice or not, I had to make the decision of, I'm gonna stay, I'm not leaving, I'm gonna mm. do whatever um, I can to be who she needs me to be. Yeah. S much of what she thought was right, some of it was wrong. Mm. You know, I can't, I can't not be who God's made me to yeah. be, right? She's kind of stuck with yeah. some of it. <laughs> yeah. um, but, yeah. but some of, most of it was accurate. I was a yeah. young narcissistic chauvinist. Mm. And I had to learn to die yeah. first. Yeah. And so many guys miss that. Like they focus on the submission part in the text, but they don't focus on the husband's first, mm. dies first, goes first, everything's first. Like we looked at the passage. Who does, Paul says, men. Mm. Like you, why, why would you ever think a guy needs to think about giving is because it starts with you. Yeah. A woman's never gonna give herself wholly to you until you give yourself wholly to her. Mm. And uh, just the whole act of sex for the woman is so different. Mm. She's inviting us into her, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's way different for the woman than it is for the man. And we need to think about that and how, how do I earn the right to be there, to be loved, to be cherished? And, and like, like me, you know, I really screwed it up. We mm. did it the wrong way. We, we, you know, we, we really, really had to work for a long time to do it the right way. And um, it took time. Yeah. It, you know, there's no like, oh, we went to a marriage retreat and 
Hey, now we're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I throw a little Enneagram into this? Yeah. Go for Absolutely. It. Yeah. I am Please becoming do. a certified Please coach. do. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. You know, one of the things about porn um, that's so, that's become kind of interesting as I have been studying the Enneagram is um, whether seven is a primary style or if it's a go-to to avoid pain and pursue mm. pleasure. And so um, what I have found as I've done like practice coaching with people and whatnot is porn actually becomes a, and you have even said this before Matt of um, when I don't feel okay and I just want to escape, it's mm-hmm. like an escape, like mm-hmm. a soothing to whatever the actual pain is. Yeah, And so um that's just another avenue to explore because that it can be simultaneous true that he absolutely loves you, absolutely wants to be with you and can't break it. So, mm-hmm. so like why, why, what is the go-to, you know, is it just for sex, just whatever, or is it to escape pain and pursue pleasure? Mm-hmm. And so is there painful things going on in life? And, and you, you had said for you, you had to, I'm talking to Matt, um, to break, like that became a natural trigger for you. It was, I'm not okay. I need to, yeah. Yeah. Um, to, you had to break that habit mm-hmm. of, it wasn't even about the porn or it was more about, I want to feel better because I'm experiencing mm-hmm. a stress or a pain. Right. So stress became the trigger and that you had satisfied with porn. Mm-hmm. And so you had to figure out a new way. And so with, with the Enneagram or it just, and it's not about the Enneagram, it's about exploring the idea that um, the porn might be a means to an end, mm-hmm. not even having necessarily to do about sex, but to do about self-soothing mm-hmm. because of avoidance of pain or avoidance of a reality they're not okay with. I'm not saying you're the reality. I'm saying the, the stress at work. Yeah. I'm married now. Yeah. I have to support a family and a wife and make sure she's blah, 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 blah. Right. I'm going to check out for a second. Yeah. And so um, that might lead to some other conversations of, okay, like when you're, um, you might want to help me out. I'm not sure how to word this, but like when you're finding yourself like, because obviously the wrestle is now happening if he's gone to soul care for two years of like, mm-hmm. I want to look at porn. I want to look at porn. And then the jump to look at what's happening in yeah. that I'm, I'm going from being triggered to making the jump to it. You know, are and you feeling not, stressed at work? Are you feeling stressed about yeah, your finances, about parenting, good. about the future or whatever? Okay. What's the trigger? And then that's the release. Like, right. Well, and that's where being a safe place for him to come and tell you when mm-hmm. it's happened is so important because then mm. if you can let porn be porn and forgive him, move on and get to a place where he's, feel safe enough to tell you what, mm. what the trigger is in the first place. I yeah. think you're going to find way more success there when he feels safe enough to talk about, talk with you about yeah. what's actually stressing him out. Yeah. It's but not, if you it's not all sexual. The, you yeah. watch right. porn again, what's wrong with you? Like you're, you're terrible. Gross. You're, He's never yeah. going to feel safe no. enough to tell you what's actually causing mm-hmm. it. So. And sometimes it is just a bad habit and a selfish means to an end. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and a lot of times though, which the Enneagram's teaching me, it, it really is, a safe place to f- to avoid pain. Mm. And right. So, so, like in yeah. high school, I was not sexually active. Right. But I was, I was, I was into porn. Right. Because it was my, uh, because as a three, right. So I feel shameful. I feel inadequate. So mm. inadequacy is the fear of the of the three. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm three four. Um, and so I was. You we were you pretty small growing up. Uh, yeah, a, a small, a small, a small guy, guy yeah. you know, so, and this is back in the eighties where like, you know, football team and I was like, okay, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be the kicker. Um, so, 
just really, really struggling with who I was and finding my place. And again, mm. as parents, it's so important, again, as we get into honor your father and mother, that we learn to affirm boys. Mm. Um, I'm always telling my son, you're good enough. You're going to make it. I know this is hard. Um, mm. Because he's at the age where he's very aware that boys are different height, different mm. strength, different abilities, right? And you're looking around and your world just... You know, so he grew up in a home where he's the only boy. So he's the mm. greatest thing since sliced bread, yeah. right? <laughs> oh my gosh, mom thinks I'm great. And then you go into junior high and everybody's bodies are changing. Everybody's right. growing and you're like, Uh-oh. and women feel the same thing, right? Like prettier girls get more attention, you know, like smart mm. girls get more affirmation, you know? And so it's, it, and we're all going, ah. And so it's, you know, with with your sons, especially, and with your women, your, your women, your daughters, mm. you're beautiful. You're going yes. to be loved. You know, whatever man marries you, it's going to be so blessed, you know, yeah. like saying that to yeah. them and speaking those that's words good. over them. Um, you know, it's just important. No, that's really good. Man, we covered some ground today. I think it's our first, <laughs> yeah. if we can, if we can, if we can go for another minute, it'll yeah. be our first gonna, two hour show. I know. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We We're covered gonna make some, it, guys. Some, we might even get there with the intro song. So. I think oh, so. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah. Love you all. Yeah, thank and you guys thank you. so much for all those for yes. honest, honest questions. That if you guys have follow-up questions too, send those in at debrief.show. We would love to get some more questions in. And Mostly thank you, Tammy for- Brown, the best pastor's wife of all time. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Bye. Coming in. Bye. That's right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. 